Ryan, what are you doing over there? I'm un. This is they're they're crossed. <laughs> Uh, if we just had the BET, we wouldn't need all these wires. I have comments about the BET. I, yeah, I have a lot about the BET. The must be stopped, no matter the cost. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This uh, is your host, Aaron, and, and and joining me are the milk milk to my lemonade. <laughs> gentlemen, please say hi. Hi, I'm Ryan. Hi, I'm Caleb. And, you know, joining us is a very special guest from around the corner. <laughs> I take a true offense to that. Why am I around the corner? <laughs> and her name is the love of my life, Melody. Hi guys, <laughs> and she is uh, going to be participating in the in the show here for the next few episodes. Uh, let me just set this up for a second. If this is your first time listening, uh, welcome. By the way, for the last year and a half, we have earned our reputation as the most esteemed experts in the 1986 animated Transformers movie. And I will qualify that by saying uh, most esteemed really in all of the Ozarks, uh, which includes uh, greater Southwest Missouri. And to be fair, Northwest Arkansas, I'd say certainly we'd be unchallenged by anybody in the Salem Plateau, uh, the St. Francois mountain region. I also feel good about our standing in the Boston mountains, but there might be some up and comers in the Springfield Plateau, uh, which I'd argue is, I mean, is the most populous area of the Ozarks. So I'd say we're definitely champions over Northeast Oklahoma because they're all illiterate. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shots fired. So if you live in these regions and believe you've got the knowledge, come at us. We're not scared. But if you came here for that minute-by-minute minutia, then uh, you can find it in almost any other episode. But not this one and not the next few, I say, uh, because we are dedicating ourselves the next few episodes to the, uh, how should I say, right-wing redneck uncle to our robots in disguise. Yes, uh, if Transformers the movie is the Dixie Chicks, uh, the movie we're about to talk about is going to be Toby Keith. In fact, legend well, has like it. That at all. <laughs> legend has it that the script to this movie was handwritten on the back of a gift shop copy of the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, what are we talking about? Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the wind goes whipping I'm, through down the plane. I'm confused. <laughs> we're talking about GI Joe the movie. Yo, oh, Yo Joe. Yeah. Yo Joe. <laughs> and we. Autopod Decepticast plus honorary member Melody are going to be breaking down this movie over the course of, well, my notes here say three, but it's actually going to be at least four. four <laughs> and maybe yeah. we'll stretch it. Who knows? <laughs> we really love to stretch content. Gotta build that tent. <laughs> so we're going to, this episode, we're going to cover kind of just an overview of G.I. Joe the movie, as well as get into that amazing intro sequence. Yeah. We're going to start movie. wading into this universe. So essentially the first, what, five, six minutes? The, jo- the Joe-verse. Five minutes. Yeah. 
Joe Joe Burke. Burke. <laughs> sure, sure. I like where you're going with that. So let <laughs> so let's let's do a GI Joe overview, or as I would like to call it, a GI Joe overview. Yeah. <laughs> That's my oh guy. God. That's my guy. I saw it coming. I saw it coming, <laughs> yeah. and I loved it. <laughs> Thanks, Caleb, for yeah. your support. Yeah. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Let me just. How, what's, oh, what's up? I do have. You mentioned the South and like the and Arkansas <laughs> stuff. I uh, West and I were making trying to make shrimp and grits, and it is impossible to find non-instant grits in this town. And I'm like, well, uh, I don't know why we get to have all the racism, but none of the food. <laughs> it was just like, it's the best I could do is find five-minute grits. Hmm. It's fine. That's because this isn't the deep enough south for it to... I guess. I, guess. I mean, how long does it take to make grits? 20 minutes, about. Oh, it's okay. Basically, so you want the additional 15 minutes no. to like really get the experience? <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It was more the cooking process. Is ne- you Instant grits are already cooked. They just, You're just rehydrating them. Yeah. And regular grits, like it, part of the recipe was you could cook them with other things. And so to just rehydrate them, it wouldn't have really worked. Work. But I did learn that five-minute grits are just finer ground than than non-instant grits. So I just altered the time I cooked it. And this really boring-ass story. This is good. I love <laughs> no, grits. This is great. Shrimp and grits is amazing. Yeah, shrimp and grits. You got to get them low country grits. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No. I prefer the high country grits myself. Well, ugh. Mid-country for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we somehow made this interesting. <laughs> <laughs> only, only to me. All of, our, all of our UK fans are like, what? What the fuck is a grit? Like my cousin Vinny. Yeah. Well, they taught if you if you want to know more about grits, rent the uh, classic uh, John Wayne movie, True Grit. It talks all about grits. It's also True grits. also known as polenta. It's polenta. Yeah. Uh, they don't have corn across the sea, do they? I'm that sure was they a, do now. That was, that was yeah. the uh, Colombian exchange. That was our gift to the world. You're welcome. Yeah, and coffee. Our gift? We're na- Native American. <laughs> grits across the world. That is, We're I, the invaders. We're I, the colonizers. I, I feel like that's in the Declaration we, yeah, of Independence. We as white well. people gave grits to the world. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Did you know that? Uh, God, we're so giving. That the, yeah, give, we give, the Europeans yeah. like decimated, you know, the native population with like smallpox and stuff. The only disease that was transferred over to Europe um, was uh, herpes. herpes. Yeah. So You're welcome. The grits, <laughs> the grits are the herpes of the world. Wow. Put it on a t-shirt. Yep. I mean, uh, I do have grits about five times a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. No. That's a lot of outbreaks. Uh, <laughs> Got to flare up. Got to flare up. Got to so, grit flare up. So. Hey, We've already gone off the rails. G.I. Joe. Yeah. Yo, now, Joe. You participated in one episode of the Autopod Decepticast with us. That was yep. a fun, wine-filled uh, adventure, as I recall. Uh, but I felt like you were really—you don't really love Transformers, but you felt—it felt like you were excited, a little passion to talk about GI Joe. Why? why? What is that? Why? What's your background with GI Joe? Seriously, why? So I am a child of the '80s, a latchkey kid, lots of babysitting, uh, lots of different people taking care of me. And my babysitters love to sit us in front of the television. Yeah. And so my favorite moments as a child was uh, the moments I came home after school, sat down with some sort of, you know, after school snack and watched G.I. Joe. Mm. So hmm. G.I. Joe, He-Man, I forget what else. But not Transformers? But not Transformers. What about She-Ra? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. She-Ra I'm trying to remember, like, but... afternoon programming, I'd come home. There was always G.I. Joe was always on. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, for some reason, can't place Transformers in the afternoon, even though it might have been It was. There. Okay. It was on, like, as soon as I got off the bus, it was on television. Mm-hmm. I had to race home to not miss, like, the first he, five minutes of it. A He-Man, 
uh, and then it was uh, one way or another, it would either trans, it would either then move into or move out of mash. mash <laughs> of was, course, mash was in heavy rotation. In, oh God, it was in boom, 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 boom. It was heavily syndicated, and so it would either like trans, cartoons would either coming out of mash or going into mash. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Our childhood is just bookended, bookended by, by, mash. by the Korean mash. War. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that was a much deeper answer than I expected. I would, I, I was <laughs> wow. thinking it's like wow. because of all the hot guys. That are in GI Joe. Every oh, yeah. character yeah. So, is like handsome to the so yeah max. So we we didn't think that you would like yeah right. So well here's the thing. That's, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> think about. I, I mean I don't I'm know. Just what kidding. Just said, first of but, all, um, I was a child, so I wasn't thinking of anyone as hot, but I was thinking of. Fi- people as cool oh thundercats hello Thundercats. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. so i spent a lot of time um, acting out those cartoons you were acting them out yeah i was a i was a thundercat for sure right. i had sticks cool. so we were holding them in the air <laughs> beating people with them that's awesome uh but uh you know it was fun to ha- in my mind and, and in my community we needed some fun so we we acted all that stuff out and uh and we were um we were not watched. <laughs> sure. So yeah, you were Gen saying, X had a lot of neglect. Key, but that you were, that means well, like you were making the you're alluding that you actually had a, a door. Uh, right, right. <laughs> or that it locked. Yeah. Or right. that I actually had the key. Um, <laughs> I mean, at any given day, I was somewhere in my neighborhood being watched by someone other than my family or my parents. But you know what? That's that was the '80s, right? Yeah, pretty much. I was a latchkey kid. Yeah, Yeah, it was the best. I loved being alone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did not love being alone. But we did have a a a gang of children in the neighborhood that got together and you know got in trouble. I didn't have uh, really any kids on my block until probably around '88 or '89, which so I'd be about ten at that point. So before that. Yeah. I, Where did you live? I, I live in. I moved. We moved to a block that had a lot of older people on it, and it's really similar to where we live now. That the boys don't have a lot of kids in the area, and so like what happened in my neighborhood is a lot of the old people like died, and then younger people moved in. So You're just constantly being offered hard candy and lemonade. <laughs> we so one time <laughs> okay. we, we did have across the street that we did have some. Uh, I take that back. Right across the street was. Uh, the Ellingsworths, and they had a girl that was my sister's age, and um, then some kids moved in down the street um, that were in the building stuff. But anyway, we were at my house one day, and the lady across the street, Frida, she Frida, she asked us, like she, like we, uh, some, I don't remember how it happened, but we agreed to rake her yard <laughs> and comp and be compensated for it, and so. Uh, we raked, we busted our ass raking her yard, and in return, she gave us each like some change, and <laughs> and I'm not making this up, some really old stale muffins, and then a oh bag of and a bag of peanut M and M's that had cockroaches. Oh, <laughs> so she just cleaned no. out her car and gave you what yeah, was in so it. So that's you're not too far from the truth, really. I mean, it's hard candy. <laughs> But eventually they died and some more kids moved in. And then <laughs> Thank God. I'm waiting. I, yeah, I know. And I'm waiting for the same thing to happen to my current neighborhood. I'm waiting for them to die and so some kids can move in so my kids can have fun. Yo, Joe! <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of kids, and we'll transition to Joe, I didn't really have a lot of G.I. Joes. I think I had a handful of characters, maybe one of the cheaper vehicles. Mm-hmm. Caleb, I think you probably had, I had quite more a, of a collection I didn't have a huge anybody. collection, what but I had a have? really... I didn't have a huge collection, but I had a really good... All around collection. I, I started out. The first figure I ever got was Rock and Roll, mm-hmm. which is one of the originals. I had Rock and Roll, Gung Ho, 
I did the mail order hooded Cobra Commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had I, I had a tank driver, and I forget his name. I had like the, you know, and I, I'm saying this now. I, I I don't remember the technical names for the toys that I got, but I had like their standard like Abrams tank. I had the tank mm-hmm. driver, and then um, I had the GI Joe base. I had uh, the GI Joe Dune buggy, so you could fit the tank and the Dune buggy in the base. Um, I know I had some other ones, but then also eventually I got the Cobra, the black tank. Was it called the Asp? Uh, uh, hiss, I think. The Hiss. So you know, I rounded out. I got the Hiss and uh, a driver for that. So I, that I had a, a pretty good all around. I could create a pretty good you right. know, basic battle situation. What would that look like? I mean, would, was there a lot of like pew pew sound effects? <laughs> was it like how would you, how would you what was act the, it out right now? What was the course of play? Well, uh, usually you have the base set up somewhere, and you might lay a blanket down to give you some kind of geog- you know, some topography, and mm-hmm. then uh, you know, uh, uh, eventually the uh, tank would come around one side. <laughs> usually it happened really. <laughs> usually it happened really slow because sure. you're thinking, okay, so in this situation, this is going to happen. It wasn't. I wasn't the kind of guy that was like, like cra- in like, the commercial, like, <laughs> like crashing seven. I was thinking about it, not. Just, You're you playing Axis and Allies with it. Well, I was, just, I was kind <laughs> of... All right, this is I the liked, invasion of Normandy. I liked, positioning, I liked positioning them in certain ways and then just kind of thinking about specific situations in that. There, Yeah, there it is. I think that's the hiss. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I had. Um, We're but, looking at which, a website called NewToyPlanet.com and they have G.I. Joe and Cobra V. I don't know what hiss stands for because G.I. Joe's very into acronyms. Yeah. Everything's an acronym. There's the tank I had. That's the motorized battle tank. That tank was Mobat. so cool. <laughs> You would move it forward, and it would automatically move, and you could you would, you could turn the turrets, and then the, did the treads move? Yeah, the treads move, okay. and it actually it would turn. It was a really cool toy. Um, but I, I I I wish I knew somebody that had this. Absolutely, goddamn I forget the somebody, US aircraft carrier. Somebody around here USS had it, flag. At some point, so it's about the setup. Then a little action, yeah. And but the action is I very was pretty, strategically I was scripted. Pretty delicate with my, you took I'm care like, of your stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, so. Um, well, and you were playing by yourself. I was. So if you had other in that old neighborhood, around, you yeah. probably would have been. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah. You should have invited some of the old, like no doubt, veteran <laughs> neighbors Frida, right? over I to. I should have been Frida. I should have invited Frida to come over. <laughs> Frida, yeah. She'd be like, I actually remember the war. You know, like, she would have I had my husband over. was shot in the war or something. No, what would you say? You could have put her cockroaches in your vehicle. Yeah, like, go, go. <laughs> Frida, bring over some cockroaches. I, yeah. I absolutely don't think you should have invited Aaron to play because he liked to break things. That was the story. That, that's the story that I was going to go into. I So I had a handful of G.I. Joes, but I they were only they were basically used in um, support of any transport. Sure play that I was doing. So if I had a G.I. Joe, he might be a stand-in for Spike or or Spark Plug or something. But but uh or other just other random things we would do that somewhere associated with school. And one in particular was that we had to build we were doing a unit on I think oh, it yeah. was the Middle Ages. And yes, we had and gifted, to and yeah. so this is probably sixth I, grade. Yeah. And uh and so a bunch of people came over to my house, including a neighbor kid that I was friends with named David. And he had a bunch of G.I. Joes and brought some of those over in support of what we were doing, which was building a castle. Yeah, we were and at my house. We were trying to build a castle. Was it at your house? I thought it was at my house. Nope. At any rate, I we were building a castle out of wood and stuff and setting up, you know, all the traps that a castle would have, like the where where you're gonna pour the oil out and 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 I remember David 
who was a friend of mine. He lived in my grandmother's neighborhood. I would hang out with him quite more a bit. Of a fr- it seems like more of a friend of me. <laughs> well, I would hang out with him quite a bit, but there was points in time when I wasn't at that very nice to him. <laughs> and this is one of those points. That, he yeah. was uh, he was building a he was spending a lot of time building a battering ram, as I recall. What we were doing, we had GI Joes, so we're building this castle. But we were then we were also taking tinfoil and mm-hmm. making art. We were trying to turn the GI Joes into middle aged nice. warriors. And middle-aged warriors <laughs> sitting on the couch that's, with a TV guide. That's, that's us, dude. That's right. We're the middle-aged warriors. But I don't know what he was doing that annoyed me, but, so, but something that wasn't worth what I did to him, which was I took a hammer and just smashed his <laughs> Serpentor's head. Yep. I just smashed the toy with a hammer. I, was, I don't know why I did it. I was getting ready to say that I didn't share my toys a lot with <laughs> these guys. And I just, his story just answered that. <laughs> I was good to my toys. I didn't treat yeah. my Aww. toys like that. I didn't even take my toys out and play in the sand like they do in the yeah. commercials. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. But, yeah, so anyway. It's I bashed. It's a choice. I bashed that uh, Serpentor's head in of his. And he started crying. And sure. I immediately felt bad, as you do. Yeah. And you were uh, very reactionary. <laughs> I uh, and I ended up having to go to the store and pay, use my own money, and I bought him a new one. Thankfully, they had actually had one in there, so I got him a new character and replaced it. And he had you, it within a week, if yeah. not less. So and right. so, but yeah, I broke I just vindictively. I've never. Get, that's boys, one of the top like five worst things I think boys I've ever get done in energized. I get it. Boys get <laughs> energized, and they they'll they'll react. Wow. Well, you're an incomplete human. Your brain's yeah. not really yeah. functioning. You'll, you'll react. You'll react, and then you regret it, and you just don't realize what you're doing. I didn't do stuff like that a lot. No. I mean, like, I always. I mean, I guess I had anger. You get excited. You get excited, and yeah. But I, I didn't mean, destroy I, other people's property yeah, very slinky. often, if at all. Was, that was just an accident. <laughs> that, was that was an a accident sci- through the that course was a of play. That was a science experiment. Told that story to I don't know. I don't know. Basically, we, it was my brother's slinky, and we took it out in the yard. And how old were we? Oh, it's about the same. Like maybe I think we were. Younger, maybe eight or three. Nine. We were you're three. Always, you're always. We were two years old. I know old. exactly. I never remember when anything took place. It doesn't matter. But anyway, you were young, and and we took the slinky out in the yard. And Aaron's like, "Let's see how far we can stretch it." So we stretch it between each other, and he's like, "Now let go." And we both let go, and it became a tangled mess of like that is never going to function. <laughs> tangled, again. unusable. And the, the, the tag on it. The tag to this story is Aaron goes, "Huh, that's what happened last time." <laughs> I, uh, I was like one of those like definition of insanity. Kids. <laughs> well, you were over and over. Again. To be fair, you were doing the scientific yeah, method. It, was it has to be repeatable. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, okay, Ryan, did you have it? Do you have any GI Joe youth I, memories? I, I want to oh. quickly preface with Go ahead, Caleb. my collection mm-hmm. uh, that sadly. Uh, my mom sold my whole collection in a garage sale, and I remember to this day that she sold it to Brett Welcome for fifteen dollars. Who's that? So we're coming to find a you. guy that I remember I in, in Nixa. There's nothing wrong with them, but they sold the whole collection for fifteen dollars. Wow. I still have those because they they were separated from that and in a drawer. I somewhere I have my hooded Cobra Commander, mm. and somewhere I have my Rock and Roll. I mean, the Rock and Roll is a is an early was one of the first, you know. Uh, you know, well, three-inch sized characters. Three and three-quarter. Yeah, rock and roll. 1982 was the first year these things came and out. I, Which one is rock and roll? Uh, he's the blonde right there. Uh, right this there. Guy. He was an M16 gunner. That's hey. him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Look uh, well, I'm looking at a website called uh, yojo.com, and you can they have uh, 
all the figures, three and three quarters by year, you can kind of see the waves and how they come out. And so we're looking rock at rock and roll. roll V1. They must have yeah. made a new version of him later. Yeah, they mm. did. I, I'm pretty sure I have the 82 <clears> version. <throat> I don't know if I have the 82 or the 84 version. But anyway, that, what I'm really proud of is the Hooded Cobra Commander. Yeah. Because had to mail that off. awesome. But anyway. Yeah. But, so, yeah, you can, I so I don't have question. any... Yeah. Did you ever confront your parents about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I did. He doesn't talk to them to this day. I, did yeah. you say, number one, you owe me $15? I told, I told my mother that she's dead. My money. I told my mother she's dead to me. Yeah. She's never seen her grandkids. No, she, she I mean, at the time, like, they were selling stuff, and, you know, she just didn't think about it. And, um, it's like that old story. I feel like somebody, yeah. like their parent, threw out their you know comic books or, or baseball but, cards. But it was before yeah. like collect. But, but they didn't throw out your Transformers thing. though, because your Transformers collection is here at well, my house. Yep. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I think that I think what basically happened was is like you know she she I wasn't playing with them anymore. I don't remember when she did it, but it was still pretty early on. Oh. And um, two months after you got them, and I think that. <laughs> I think basically, you know, she just didn't know. I wouldn't play with him anymore. And it's it's very possible that she that she did kind of check with me, and I maybe I wasn't. I was going to say it, it seems weird that she wouldn't mention it, yeah, because my mom doesn't get rid of anything without asking me. And so it's possible, in retrospect, that maybe yeah. I said sure, but then after it happened, but then I regretted that it happened. So yeah. I will say that. Yeah, and you still have He Man toys. I, yeah, we kept all the He Man stuff. I, I, you know, a lot of my maybe she toys. just hated the jingoistic nature of GI Joe. Perhaps it was interesting. But there's there's uh there's the hooded cobra commander. Yep, mail in. For, uh, that I is will, from nineteen. Hooded cobra commander was nineteen eighty four when you'd have to mail in for for and that. I, I will post this on our website. But uh, Caleb did a great cobra commander costume for one of my Halloween parties. I did. Yeah. I was, was your wife the baroness? No, no she no, she doesn't baroness. want to be the baroness. Uh, I I did put together a really good hooded cobra commander outfit. I yeah. uh, I I got. Oh, I don't find it on Facebook. Shockingly, I think it, I think that was that the year I was old, Greg. I Possibly. think so. I, I, got, I got. I drank. I drank too much that night. I'm not proud of myself that evening. So there that, were pictures of but you. you on, right? You <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> there, there were pictures I forced Ryan to take off of Facebook from that night. Yeah. Of you and Caleb. I mean. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, no. I, don't I was. I was <laughs> like, I don't need I, any I, employers no, coming across. No, certainly this. not. And I'm just not proud of it. Andy was very disappointed in my behavior as well. So I don't remember much specifically that about that behavior, years but ago. yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah. We were in our early 30s, That's probably. Before I knew you guys. Yeah, it was like yeah. 2010 or something. I would have been disappointed too. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> also, I, I stellar old Greg costume. No, the the awesome. costumes were on point. Our, our <laughs> My behavior. Our behavior, on the other hand, not good. I don't really recall. Exactly. So, <laughs> to answer your question, Ryan. my G.I. Joe stuff, my brother was actually, my brother's six years younger than I am. My brother was more into G.I. Joe than I was. Um, but in watching the movie, I do, I did kept, rem- <laughs> there's your tip. I did keep remembering um, that I had certain G.I. Joes. Like, I had Dial Tone. I had Serpentor at, at one point. Um, I had Mainframe. <laughs> dial Tone. The, like, the, the lamest. Loneliest, tra- the loneliest Transformer. <laughs> or G.I. Joe. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Either way. Whatever. Um, d- d- dial Tone sounds like he would run, a, like, a 900 sex talk <laughs> line. He, trans- <laughs> he transforms into an answering machine. <laughs> <laughs> Solid joke. <laughs> That's my. I mean, but I, 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 my other memory of it is I remember taking some of my 
sister's dolls and like laying G.I. Joe on top of them. Of course. You had to get, you had to <laughs> and get my mother What found a weird fantasy that could lead to or like a, gigantic you know, how, women. Yeah. How, how, how does that reflect itself in modern times? Um, and I remember my mom finding it. I'd left it on uh, like my floor or whatever. And she's like, what is this? And I didn't. She knew what it was. I'm like, why are you embarrassing me like this? <laughs> um, I never... Ma, the doll's a fucking... Yo, Joe! <laughs> he's, he's on shore leave, you bitch! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you were you loved dice clay so much. Absolutely, when you were a kid. Yeah. the dice yeah. man was your hero. You had posters Ryan, it, all when, over your yeah, wall. Muffet. <laughs> when Ryan got backed into a corner, he'd always convert over to dice. <laughs> I never. I to your point, Melody, talking about like not thinking like cartoon characters were hot. I didn't think cartoon characters were hot necessarily either. But I did like want them to be my fun girlfriend. Like I wanted Rainbow Bright to be my girlfriend and Fern from uh, same. She is so cute. Look at Absolutely, she's a. Unicorn, right? She writes on. I don't know who's who. Rainbow, Rainbow Bright. Bright, yeah, and Starbright, yeah. of course. Yeah, exactly. But what about like Jessica Rabbit when that came out? Well, that, that messed older. with my head. Yeah, that was uh, the 90s. that much older. That was like oh, yes, ninety two. Oh, I feel like that was, it was that, not. I believe it was nineteen eighty eight. Let's just oh, be, maybe. That's significantly. Let's just be clear. Jessica Rabbit was putting it out there a little harder than, <laughs> than Rainbow Bright. Okay, <laughs> working it. All right, it's true. Just, Rainbow Bright was uh, more. Was it nineteen eighty eight? We would have been in fourth or fifth grade. We would have been ten. We would have been yeah. When everything I, happened to me. I remember feeling embarrassed watching that. Like, Ugh, it's, I knew it was, like, sexy. <laughs> what? I was, like, embarrassed to watch it in front of my grandma kind of thing. So what about the booby trap scene? <laughs> uh, that is... Was that assault? I'm trying to remember what happened there. Was it, it a weasel? Yeah, the weasel, a weasel was definitely doing her cleavage. Down her boobs, and the, but she had a bear trap in mm-hmm. it. It's a booby trap. Bob Hoskins yeah. says nice booby trap. Ah, yeah. That's okay. uh, kind of sexist. I, th- I think we should do uh, the next... Let's just abandon this and talk about Roger Rabbit for an hour and a half. I love that movie. But I'm, we could, I gotta, do, I'm, we could I'm, do Rabbit. Let's talk point. about G.I. Joe. Okay! Joe! So, <laughs> I think it's time... I wish we had a sound effect for this. It's time for our G.I. Joe-verview. You have to add one. Wow, got one more bite at the apple there. <laughs> I figured we'd edit out the old bite of the apple okay. to make it seem like a. It fresh could be bite. like it should be like like uh, somebody like thinking it's a great idea to yell "Yo, Joe!" Review, but as they as if they finish it, they realize how bad it is. Yo, Joe! Yo, yeah, view. Yo, Joe! Review. Now Ryan will take that. He'll put some Freaking. sound effects on it. Uh, boom! Bing! Had a big explosion! Bada boom! Bada bing! Had a big explosion at the end. Hey, of dice it. man! <laughs> big explosion! So, <laughs> so, okay. So, GI Joe the movie was released April twentieth. I don't know. I wrote April twentieth, twenty nine eighty seven. You fell apart. It came from the future. Was that last night? Did you write yeah. that last night? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, GI Joe the movie was released April 20, 1987. Uh, this was arguably peak G.I. Joe time. It uh, was originally intended to come out before Transformers, the Mm -hmm. movie, but uh, it was beset with production delays. I tried to research what those delays were. Don Johnson's fault. And I couldn't... (laughs) He was just being a prima donna. Ow! (laughs) Uh, I couldn't find exactly what those production delays were, so uh, I I gave up after five minutes. 
minutes of Googling, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But but it might be in the commentary. I'll have to watch and listen to the commentary. But both uh, Transformers and My Little Pony the Movie, uh, they had theatrical releases. And as we discussed during our credit sequence to Transformers the Movie, uh, because those were such financial disasters, it forced this movie to be released direct to uh, home video. Home video. And then a gem movie that was in pro- that was in early stages of production just got scrapped entirely, which is which sucks. It's it's true. I, I would love to see. I think movie. The, I've said this before. I wanted Jim to be my girlfriend too. <laughs> I thought, yeah, you know what? I thought I was I was attracted to the the girls in Jim. I was attracted to the bad girls. In Jim. <laughs> the misfits. The misfits. We yeah. are the misfits. Yeah, I found. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that the soundtrack for the Jim movie would have probably been amazing. I if I I've said this before, but I would I love the name Jerrica for a girl. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I'm curious. Like, if the misfits all look like David Bowie to me, androgynous. She's it, my favorite misfit, the one with the, the white hair. The white hair. Uh, was she actually kind of? She was like the nice one. No, no she's the, the blue, the blue haired, the blue haired. I can't remember her name, but she's the, she's like the the. I'm not quite sure. I want to be evil. Girl. Yeah, I'm just kind of. She's just she's just really. Easily persuaded by social pressure. Which is, <laughs> that's what it is. Did you watch Jim? I did. I yeah. did. I watched Jim. Yeah. I I loved Jim dolls, but I was always so agitated when I got Jim dolls instead of Barbies mm-hmm. because um, you couldn't use you can share clothes because so, they're all bigger than Barbie that right. was like their advertising yeah, well, no he, one wanted a doll that was bigger than Barbie <laughs> because you had a ton of Barbies had, and only one gem doll and so you couldn't so yeah but you, and gem was like a giant and she didn't get to do the same things as so Barbie. they were solving a need that didn't exist yeah. Girl, they were like uh girls are just walking around wanting taller dolls than no, a Barbie because she couldn't drive well, the Barbie she wouldn't car. fit in the Barbie Corvette she couldn't be stand up in the elevator for the dream she was house. awkward like, at parties why can't they just be? Barbie yeah, I, mean, I think, I think like, they can fit did. into the Barbie universe. They're just Amazonian. But nobody wanted that. We wanted to yeah. be just like Barbie. We didn't want to be like broad shouldered Jim. Oh. <laughs> it's well, true. And Jim actually was, uh, Hasbro created her specifically because Barbie was coming out with Barbie and the Rockers. Barbie oh wow! Yep. The Rockers. Out. That's courtesy of the toys that made us. I did they that. beat Barbie and the Rockers? Yes, to market? they beat oh, it to market soundly. Good, good for them. They're cool looking. Good for them. I love them. I love. And them. then it made like Barbie seem like they were reacting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they they still lot. lost. It was like it was corporate <laughs> espionage. I think. I think uh, we should consider like doing a, a gem episode and having having. I would like the that. Ladies, invite us. Yeah, have have Andy. have a gem. Did West care about? Jim, I think I liked Jim more than she did. Yeah, no, but, but she was she's younger. She's young. Oh, An- she is younger. Andy liked Jim. Yeah, okay. Jim. I, I, I. Uh, <laughs> this is a dumb joke, but oh, God. It'd okay, be, it'd be, I was. It'd be funny if there was just another cartoon called Jim, but it's J I M J I M Jim. That's not even a <laughs> joke. Like, Jim, that's a, truly that's a, I think average. you made that joke during the Autopod Deceptic. Did I really? <laughs> I, I think you did. I don't know why. It's not it's even such formed. a joke. I just like the idea that we're talking about Jim, and it's like this guy. Uh, um, so so this movie, J- uh, Joe was basically a cousin to Transformers the movie. Like the production staff, they they crossed ideas all the time, which is why, yeah. like. Like, basically, I learned Transformers the movie 
they were killing Optimus Prime, and then G.I. Joe, the movie, decided they were going to kill Duke. Right. And then, you know, everybody knows whenever Transformers came out, they changed the idea. Because, like, oh, no. Which right. I have a lot more to talk about that. I don't want to. We'll talk about that whenever yeah. we see Duke die. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm interested. No, when he gets put into a coma, Exactly. Ryan. But I, I'm curious, if this had, if G.I. Joe, the movie, had come out first, do you think Transformers would have gotten a theatrical release? I don't think so. Uh, probably, well, I guess, I don't know which came out first, G.I. Joe, or Transformers, or My Little Pony, My Little Pony movie. Did. So and Rainbow then, Bright had something to do with it, too. They okay, so well. if, if Transformers was last on the release schedule, then you're right, yep. I think, probably. Uh, unless the G.I. Joe, the movie, for some reason, just killed it in the theater. I which I don't think the, it would have. Indications were that it would have. Um... So, direct-to-video release. It was also shown on television at around mm-hmm. the same time it was released in, in both feature-length and multi-part miniseries formats. Because of that, it's difficult to track the financial success of the movie. So, I don't really know if this movie from video sales was deemed successful. But, yeah, if we come across that, I suppose it, we will. It's weird because it. after this movie, Joe didn't have a third season. They only had two seasons in the movie. That's sort of right and sort of wrong in that the – I think Marvel Sumbo – we'll have to get into the research on this, so sorry if this is wrong. But uh, they lost the license rights to ah. do the cartoon, and it got picked up by a different animation production company. So there were more seasons of G.I. Joe after the movie. They were just created by a different production Some company. Some scramble and they situation. Did, and they did address some of the situations in the movie – like, I believe the Baroness did find Cobra Commander and bring him Whoa. back to human form and all of that Spoilers kind of stuff. Spoilers for this I movie. Remember, I remember watching those post-movie cartoons, or as Caleb would call them, G2. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a callback to something that doesn't connect with anything we've talked about. Go, go unless we've edited it out, go listen go to, listen to uh, TF, TF, TF University's Transformers the Movie you know episode. What? I did. <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> That's all we yeah. expect of you. Yeah, you. Uh, and it's not much. Yeah. <laughs> the bar's low. They picked, so they did pick up on some of the themes and storylines, but did their own thing. The animation style is very similar. It was actually pretty good quality, and I, but I can't remember the names of those companies, but it, wasn't, it just wasn't Marvel something. I will say, as far as this movie, it, the animation quality is consistently better than Transformers I, movies. I said that. Yeah. I said that, and you were like, what? When did you sure. say that? That that I thought the animation was better? I don't think it's better. Uh, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's consistently better. Like, the highs of Transformers are better than G.I. Joe, but the lows are way lower. Like, Transformers is all over the map, whereas this is very consistently serviceable. It's right. There's nothing spectacular aside from the opening we're going to talk about in a minute. So do you think the highest highs in Transformers are better than... Absolutely. Like, especially, okay. like, the, the whenever... No, I agree with in, you. In particular, like the I'm Unicron thinking, transformation? I agree. I agree. That yeah. and, like, nope. the, when Prime faces Megatron, that first yeah. part. Yeah. But as a general average. Yes, mm-hmm. as an average, G.I. Joe's and even the, open, the opening to Transformers the movie is really high quality, which we're going to talk well. about today, guys. Just hold on. Uh, well, we'll talk about the opening to G.I. Joe the movie. You keep getting your wires crossed. Get your I head know. in the game, <laughs> fuckface. That's <laughs> <laughs> a t-shirt. <laughs> Fuck. Let's talk about who was in the movie and then and and who made the movie. Uh, whenever we sure. did a, the Autopod Decepticast, we kind of waited. I think it was maybe about minute five or six of the opening credit sequence. But we'll just get that out of the way here. This movie starred. It had a, it had a few names, not as many high quality names as Transformers yeah. the movie did. Uh, maybe the budget was not as good. 
the biggest name, arguably, is Don Johnson mm-hmm. as the Lieutenant Falcon, a character introduced for this movie who is the brother of Duke. Yes, he's his half-brother. Okay, gotcha. A lot so, of stuff on Falcon when we get to that. Half-brother, huh? <laughs> Interesting. I want to know about the drama. Di- what if we find out that uh, Lieutenant Falcon's, like... Like, uh, mom, like, hooked up with, like, a Cobra agent or Ooh, something like that. That would be actually really interesting. Like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Destro would be, a, like, a good, totally awesome with the ladies. He, he, I think Destro would, try, I think Destro would try to be a, <laughs> I think Destro would try to be a, a like, try to be a, 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 a and he, he would engage. court you civilly. He would try to my be my good lady. Yeah, he, he, no, no, I'm talking about as a dad. I think Destro <laughs> would try to be, like, a good dad, but it would just be awkward, like, you know, like, Come over, come over to my. You've sister. had enough screen time. For yeah, the day. yeah, exactly. It would just not work out. Come over to the Scottish castle, and you know, it's, it's just, cold. it's just way too formal. Yeah. So speaking of uh, Don Johnson, as we were moments <laughs> yes. ago, yes, uh, he that he's a, he's particularly special because we we talked about the heart of the Ozarks. He's from the Ozarks. He's from Flat Creek. He was born in Flat Creek, Missouri, the Flat Creek Township. That's right. In Barry County. I have never yes. heard another uh, town that sounds like such a terrible place to be from. I, I know. I don't know. It's just a horrible Flat name. Creek. It sounds like somewhere that just needs to be burned to the ground. Why? Flat Creek. Wow. Flat Creek sounds... You can't burn it. It's water. It sounds like... <laughs> it's not shit creek. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is shit creek. Dude, sorry to all our Flat Creek listeners out there. Uh, you don't even know where Flat Creek is. You called the you called Oklahoma like a garbage place of people who no, only call, northeast no, Oklahoma. No. I did not call them garbage. I called them illiterate. <laughs> Here's the thing. Everyone, close your eyes. If I say Flat Creek, you don't just automatically think of like a terrible place. You think of like a river I or think a creek of, and you're like hanging out. You're listening yeah, to Babel. Sounds great. It's Shh. beautiful. Don sure, Don but as a town name, I think of like somewhere in the Depression, like the like the Dust Bowl. Huh. Well, let's move Therefore, on. I feel like <laughs> I'm sorry I brought us down this path. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> Um, I don't think I don't think he goes back to visit. So. <laughs> <laughs> they have a shrine for him. However, I that would be amazing I will say, if they had like a rocky like statue yeah. in the town square of Don Johnson. I, I will say that I've heard I've heard, and this is it's totally not true because he you're gonna he moved away at a very young age. But I've heard that people that certain women will claim in that area that they like dated him in high school or something. Sure, like why that. wouldn't why? you? Yeah, exactly. absolutely. <laughs> I broke out. With his role, Sonny Crockett, in Miami Vice, that mm-hmm. lasted from 84 to 89. In 1996, he headed at the police drama Nash Bridges with yep. Cheech Marin. And uh, that's the bulk of his career, really. He did get, uh, as I like to call, travolted in uh, 2012 uh, with a supporting role of Spencer Big Daddy Bennett yeah. in the movie Django yeah. Unchained. I love that role. Um, I feel like he's kind of back in the cool zeitgeist yeah. today, yeah. Uh, in a way. So yeah, that's Don Johnson. A couple of like I remember as a kid when at like Miami Vice point in time, my great aunt and grandmother not liking him, even though he was from the Ozarks and we were all in the Ozarks, because they said, I'm sure this is just local gossip, that he didn't that he like abandoned his family to and, and doesn't and like his mom was still in I guess Flat Creek and he would never go visit. Well, <laughs> the, what I read on the that wiki is like something your grandma, <laughs> yeah. your great aunt. Was yeah, like. I read that. I read on wiki that he that he, like he moved to Wichita, Kansas when he was like six or something. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like he. <laughs> Like, but I, you know, that's what it says. He abandoned his family. <laughs> at six. At, at six. Fuck you, mom. <laughs> I, I've also heard. I'm going to be a star. Uh, his personal life's been random. Like, he, he, um, 
when he moved out to California to do um, acting, he uh, Melanie Griffith was his wife, mm-hmm. and she moved in with him when she was like fourteen or fifteen. Oh no! And then once she turned eighteen, then they got married. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Oh but, God! But, at least he didn't forge but, documents. But like they got divorced. Robert Kelly. They got Listen. divorced six months later. But then she hooked up with him again in the late eighties, and they yeah. have a kid together. So. Are they still together? I don't no, know. But I don't. He's had he had like he's had four wives, and the first two wives he had. They're, no one knows who they are publicly. Like they, it's you, they. But but what? according, Wait, well, he was go like to the, such go, hot to the shit. go to the wiki real quick because the what the, the way they describe uh, certain things like his first two wives is is kind of bad. I just uh, typed in Don Johnson wiki and I thought it would be really funny if like <laughs> he had one? his own Wikipedia yeah. dedicated to him. So, so he says, yeah, the names of Johnson's first two wives have not been made public, though they were said to have. Though they were said to have been a dancer and a "quote unquote" rich bimbo, <laughs> that's in the that's, somebody's. Well, there's a footnote to that. Apparently, if you were to look at the archives of Philly.com, yeah, you so would see where that wow. shows. Where you said though. that. So yeah, I was basically looking through his wiki, and you know, he's had issues with marriages, and I don't know he. He had, you know, he had bankruptcy issues, you know, after Miami Vice, and he, you know, it looks like he's basically got, every thing that happens to like like the quintessential like you know, this is a, a thing that happened but, to an actor. But something that I did find interesting is that it mentions that he really got into offshore powerboat racing in the late eighties. Oh yeah, around the same time that he was, you know, doing GI Joe the movie, and so I went down this. Uh, I started like looking into his kind of side hobby slash, you know. Career as an offshore powerboat racer because he was the 1988 world offshore champion, and wow. so so to tell you what offshore powerboat yeah. racing what is. These? So um, so while he was on Miami Vice, he got into you know driving those those large go fast boats that you see, and he liked it. And <laughs> That's what the technical name. They, I think they are called go fast boats. Oh wow, that is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So. More intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense because I got one of those go slow boats. Yeah. <laughs> To China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I laughed. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, so basically, uh, the 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 kind of powerboat there's powerboat racing. There's different all kinds of different classes and different types. Uh, what he was involved in was just class one powerboats. Uh, these boats are the most visible, and people like to watch these because they're enormous boats. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually go. They can go in excess of 160 miles an hour on the water. They're enormous. They're, they're like you know forty and fifty foot long boats. Yeah, there, there's some. Pictures. Are these the kind we see whenever you like? There's videos where they just flip over in the air. Uh, because no, going... these are in, these are so big that they they can. But the ones that you normally see that will flip are smaller. Okay. These guys were like in the in the in the cabs of these boats. There's like there's a crew of anywhere from two to six people. Oh wow! In there, you know, you got a navigator. You've got additional personnel. You got a fluffer. And so in the late. In the late, thanks, Aaron. <laughs> in the late '80s, that sport got popular again. I don't know exactly why, but it also got. <laughs> when was it originally popular? Uh, it it powerboat racing had been going on since like the t- 19-teens. Mm-hmm. and then uh, the big boats I think got were popular again, like in the '60s and. Were 70s. they using coal in the 19-teens? <laughs> like steam no, powered boats. They believe it or not, they actually had fuel back then. That wasn't coal <laughs> in the 19-teens, Aaron. All right. So they had internal combustion engines, uh-huh. and so uh, but these. These big boys usually would have twin like V8 or twin V12 engines, oh, wow. and they they would. Uh, so the, a typical class one race would go from like eleven to fifteen laps 
with the race being 55 to 75 nautical miles. Mm-hmm. They're just thinking about Don Johnson did a race once where they raced from New Orleans to uh, over a thousand miles to St. Louis up the Mississippi River. Was <laughs> oh, wow. that true? It took, it took two days. Oh. Yeah, they, they they stopped in Memphis for the night and then they went on to. Uh, <laughs> but it's terribly dangerous to do a race like that on the Mississippi. Absolutely. Well, and you're going upstream, right? They are going upstream. So think about how much faster that would have been like to go. Downstream, <laughs> but, got one day. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, he got into that, and um, what I found interesting, and we can put some imagery up for yes. it. Yes. Uh, so this this ties in uh, with my interest in Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, Don Johnson in 1990s uh, New York Grand Prix race, his co-pilot was none other than Kurt Russell. So they got, make sense as a pair that should I mean, hang that out is, together. That is a it was, power mullet. I just want to say, that is a powerful <laughs> hair couple. They became very popular. It, it became popular during that era for like a lot of like movie stars and celebrities to get involved with this kind of racing. For some reason, it just was a trend. And so, obviously, there had to be some other celebrities step in to compete against Don Johnson and Kurt Russell. <laughs> and who better would it be than, obviously... Chuck Norris. Yeah, so, some pictures are going up here. So Chuck, so, uh, Chuck Norris versus Don Johnson. That's right. <laughs> so you have the 19, internet meme Chuck Norris. You have the 1990 New York Grand Prix where uh, Don Johnson, their their um, their team was called like U.S. I don't have my phone on me, but it was called U.S. Find your phone. Well, I sent you a text. <laughs> it was US called find U.S. Find your phone. <laughs> Fifty Team USA. Uh, that's Team Fifth. That's that was Team Fit Boat Fifty. Part of Team USA. They were just a oh, the team, team was Team, team USA. USA. So they didn't have a direct sponsor. However, Chuck Norris's team was it was Popeye slash Diet Coke. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so, but so uh, there was, was it this, Popeye's chicken or spinach? Popeye's chicken. Okay, okay. it would have been cool. Like if he was behind. Oh no! What's gonna happen? It's like but actually, what did happen um, in the nineteen ninety New York Grand Prix? They were running head to head. Actually, Don Johnson's boat was way ahead of everybody by like five minutes. Like by it, an embarrassing amount. Yeah, and um, so they were doing really well, him and Kurt Russell. But then, uh, sadly, they blew their transmission. So then oh. Norris, Chuck Norris, and his team battled it out with some other boats to, that he won, running out of gas right over the finish line of the race. Wow. This is a movie. Why yeah, hasn't this been right? made? They could play themselves. Exactly. <laughs> right. They could get all Marvel young. Yeah, they could do that de aging thing. They could use the. Well, they did it to Kurt Russell already. They could just it's take a, that model and, and it just looked throw good. It in there. <laughs> so you, you can you can do some googling and, and find like you know Chuck Norris powerboat racing Don Johnson. Apparently Don Johnson, if you go back to the uh, wiki page real. Mm-hmm. Quick on Don Johnson powerboat racing. It, it has a pretty good. Um, in 1986, uh, Johnson scored his first motorsport victory, a 1100 mile powerboat race, New Orleans to St. Louis up the Mississippi River, characterized by <laughs> shipmates as an aggressive, fearless oh, pilot no. who doesn't make mistakes. Two years later, he was crowned world powerboat champion and became the first and only Hollywood actor to break through to a tier one motorsport championship. So this mm. was when this movie was being made. That's right. <laughs> he so, went up the Mississippi. So while, so I think it's kind of interesting that you know you have a you have a guy that's portraying uh, kind of a hotshot mm-hmm. character in a movie where in real life aggressive, fearless. Yeah. Whereas in real life. He's he has some of those qualities. Well, you yes. mentioned this too, Caleb. Like why Don Johnson got involved with this project, especially since it's not like Transformers, where there was this ensemble cast of famous mm-hmm. people. It's basically Don Johnson and Burgess Meredith, and Don Johnson was in like in peak. 
um, uh, Miami Vice. Yeah, I would say I would argue. Would you say choice. he was more famous than Judd Nelson? Oh yeah, because uh, Judd Nelson, I, I, would, I guess I, I would never, say Don was Johnson Judd, was Judd Nelson was never really a tier A kind no, of. Actor I would say Don Johnson was way more famous than Judd. But Nelson. Don Johnson wasn't then a movie guy though. He no. was uh, where Judd Nelson was. Uh, I don't know if that matters in terms of the. Hierarchy. I would say Don Johnson was probably more famous with um, adults, and Judd Nelson was probably more famous with teens. Possibly. Yeah, it, it's an interesting. I, I'd be curious to know more about how Don Johnson got. Look for our next role. episode where yeah. we do some research on that. I, I tried. And I, <laughs> or I, don't. I haven't found anything yet. Or don't. I would say that the director's commentary might hopefully shed some light on that. Well, the commentary is just Buzz Dixon, who is the story consultant. Oh, okay. So I have one quick other additional piece about Don Johnson. We'll move on. Uh, what used to be my favorite Thai restaurant in town, and it was <laughs> called Thai House. And now it's called something else. But um, And, and Thai House is... Uh, just great. It was, I, th- I don't know if it was the first Thai restaurant in Springfield, but it, it, at a certain sure point in time, like it was it. the only. <laughs> <laughs> but it's big and ornate as some kind of old restaurants uh, that are pati- particular Eastern restaurants are. You know, it's got statues and masks and pictures of people and, like emperors and empresses and all that. And you go and you sit down at the table. And every table has a glass sort of top that's removable, protecting the wood table underneath mm-hmm. it. And slid underneath every single table in the restaurant is a couple of things. There are some Asian coins, some probably Thai, I guess, mm-hmm. coins, a U.S. American $2 bill, and a picture of Don Johnson with the <laughs> owners of the restaurant. Wow. The same, the same little, like, like just like a Polaroid that they somehow got reproduced cool. 40 times. I didn't know you could do table. that with Polaroids. I don't think it's, it's not a Polaroid. It was like a typical film camera, but it's like, it, it's so old. It ah. was taken pre, pre digital camera sure. era. And uh, yeah, so a photo of them with Don Johnson underneath every table. And that place has since been sold. That another restaurant called Thai Express. Did they the leave owner. The, did they leave the photos underneath? But the photos are still, still underneath there. the table. That's awesome. <laughs> At least last time I was there, which, which and I don't know what the place is called anymore. But uh, Don Don Thai. It's so funny. It's like <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Do they have any Don Johnson themed dishes that you could get? You just would assume, but <laughs> dishes. Uh, so what would you call it? Like Miami rice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No more jokes I, needed. I, that was the one. I, uh, Mike dropped. I, I can't top that. that was good, Aaron. 93 episodes. You made about, a good one. That's the best. I've been working on it. I was going to say like the Don Wonton. But that's, that's fun too. Yeah. I like, I like it. I, Miami Rice. I like it. I want the Miami Rice. <laughs> so, excuse me. That brings us to our next celebrity. We have three t- uh, named actors from the credit sequence. And that's Burgess, Mer- Burgess Meredith as Globulus. That's not very good. You do it better. I'm Dave Rock. I'm Golobulus. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Perfect. You want to do one melody? No, I can't. Okay. You leaned in. I thought you were going to do it. She's Uh, just making sure that everyone understands that she's not doing it. So, Burgess Meredith, actor, director, producer, writer, known as one of the most accomplished actors of the century. He is from Cleveland, Ohio. He started life as a journalist. He became a captain in the Air Force. He got into theater, was doing Broadway, New York stuff. 
on several <laughs> amazing Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah, uh, uh, he uh, in, as far as cinema goes, he got into cinema in 1929. He played George in Of Mice and Men. Um, he, uh, interestingly enough, he w- was in the movie, I, I believe the t- main character, Ernie Pyle, in a movie called The Story of G.I. Joe in 1945. Oh. Uh, he was the penguin on Batman, as Ryan mentioned. Twilight Zone episodes, including the, the one that is the most uh, iconic to me that I can think of, is the it's called Time, Time Enough, Enough to Last. Yeah, where he what is the premise of that one? Uh, basically, he is like a retire. I mean, he he's a very insular um, uh, person who just wants to read books and he's henpecked he, by his wife. And uh, the, essentially, the crux of the story is that he's down in a safe, a, a safe, like reading his books. Whenever there's a nuclear war and everybody on Earth gets killed, and he's mm-hmm. he comes out and he finds the library and it has all these books, and he's like, "Finally, time enough." And then he looks down, his very thick glasses fall off his face and break, and he's like, "That's not fair." There was time now, and I'm like, "That's really again." This is, is a this is a. a uh, Chris from uh, The Nerdist. I'm blinking on his name. Hardwick? Yes. Uh, this is his joke, but he's like, Twilight Zone should have just been called Good Luck, Asshole. <laughs> and it's just one of those in We don't bring up Chris Hardwick on the Autopod De- Decepticast. Unless he wants to invite us on his show. In which case? Yeah! I guess he was exonerated. I still feel creepy about it. What? I don't know anything about this. Wait, Maybe wait, we'll take wait, it off wait, mic. Wait, 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 wait. We're going to just completely ignore the fact that Don Johnson's a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Joe! (laughs) I'm going to say that anytime like (laughs) But let's get uncomfortable about somebody who was basically... Fucking a child? No, I mean, Chris was cleared. Priscilla Presley, I believe, was also 14 when uh, she got together with the king. Well, and Jerry Lee Lewis. Lewis. If you were were a white person ripping off black music in the 50s, you loved little girls. Yeah. Don't make that a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, Fred Willard has a weird story where, uh, you know, Little Richard was, had, he had leanings, he had a homosexual leaning. He's a tent show queen. Yeah, he's, yeah, and so he kind of, but he also had like religious convictions, so he, he had some issues, and it was tough in the 1950s to be black, let alone gay, mm-hmm. or either way, you shake that, it was tough. So, right. but Fred Willard has a weird story where he was hanging out at a party and, and Little Richard showed him a book and it was just pictures of vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> like ones that he took? I don't know. So, but it was like, you know, it's like, anyway, I don't, that's a really random story. And uh, anyway, let's go back to what we were talking about. Well, <laughs> sorry I'm to associate. With the, the, the direction. Route we're taking this. Yeah. Burgess Meredith. He was also the voice of. Puff the Magic Dragon, but we around the Autopod Decepticast know him best as Michael Mickey Goldmill, the trainer, of course, mm-hmm. to Rocky Balboa in yeah. one, two, and three. I don't know. I don't have enough to say. That's such an iconic role. It's great. And then yeah. the other main thing I know him from is awesome and grumpy old men. Yeah. And yeah. grumpy old men. Oh, yeah. Men. Yeah. Bacon. And then I have a whole slab of bacon, and you know, and usually I drink my dinner. (laughs) Third on the title card in terms of actors that are named in the uh, opening sequence is Sergeant Sergeant Slaughter as Sergeant Slaughter, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, his real name, Robert. Rudolph Remus. Unlike, that's fun. Unlike Dwayne Johnson. That's just not like Dwayne Johnson. You know how when you're trying to be pretentious and the, they try and act like he's not the rock and they're like Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. And, like you can't do that. Well, sometimes you get Dwayne the rock Johnson. Sometimes yeah, they, you get that. They slowly made that transition. But Dwayne Johnson is a cool name on its own. 
I Robert submit, Rudolph Remus. I submit that's a much cooler name than Dwayne uh, Johnson. Oh, no. RRR, that alliteration? <laughs> Ryan thinks, badass. Ryan thinks alliteration is... I love alliteration. <laughs> You'll use it so anytime cool. you can. So, <laughs> so cool. the, he was a wrestler uh, in the 70s for the NWA and the AWA from 72 to 80. He was in the WWF from 80 to 81, then joined the National Wrestling Alliance, 81 to 83. He returned to the WWF, 83 to 85. Then he went to the American Wrestling Association, 85 to 90, returned to the WWF. This is my favorite part of the story. Uh, in the '90s, as a heel, do you know about this, Caleb? No. Do you know, you tend to know something guy. about. I know wrestling. certain things about wrestling. Well, I don't know this. Good. That, I am glad that I get to tell this yeah. uh, little piece tell of the story it. for you. So uh, he worked with Vince McMahon in coming back, and Vince McMahon was like, "Well, we want you to be a part of the team, but we want you to be a bad guy." They essentially developed a character for him that was became anti-American, oh. based on the WWE's allowance. I can't remember the name, but like. There's a Russian character, and because he, that character was allowed into uh, the WWF, Sergeant Slaughter's character was like, well, if you're going to let the Russians in, then I'm anti-American now. Because <laughs> but, <so> weird. <laughs> ultimate, okay. but, but that character developed and became known basically as Iraqi Sympathizer. And so Sergeant Slaughter... <laughs> Uh, be, he, he came, basically, he became sort of pro Iraq, pro, there were photoshopped kayfabe pictures <laughs> that were made for, for the performances of him, like, hanging out with Saddam Hussein. Jesus. He began, oh he began wearing Arab headdresses, uh, and he adopted the camel clutch as one of his oh, finishing moves. Instead of the, moves. Co- instead of the cobra clutch. <laughs> instead, yeah, exactly. And so, um, while this. portraying this, you know, turncoat, he received numerous death threats yeah, I'm sure he, he had does. to hire security he had to wear bulletproof jackets all the time like he was getting seriously I'm surprised like, that he would go that yeah. route because that's so, dangerous Vince McMahon actually asked him to burn the American flag like, oh, no. on stage oh, no. in the ring but he refused to do so and yeah. instead he burned Hulk Hogan's shirt as I a, thought you were going to say underpants <laughs> I don't know that's, why that's, so, that's dangerous shit no so um, he def- like as this character he ultimately defeated the ultimate warrior to become the WWF champion but was immediately challenged by Hulk Hogan who's sure. pro America and uh, later on at uh, Wrestlemania 7 they fought each other and Hulk Hogan uh, won but you burned my shirt brother he, well, and, and Hulk Hogan actually did refer to the flag burning in some of that kind of crazy banter but it allegedly happened off camera uh, uh, off camera, camera. so uh, but so he's one of the few really Real humans to be merchandised as a GI Joe mm-hmm. figure. Um, the others being uh, William Refrigerator Perry, of course. Yep. Roddy Piper got a GI Joe yep. figure, and this one was weird to me. Buzz Aldrin, <laughs> okay, <laughs> got a GI Joe I love figure. It. I love it. Uh, but Buzz Aldrin, obviously, being the one guy that deserves to be <laughs> true American yeah, hero, hero, Buzz Aldrin. Yes. Uh, I wish just Don Johnson, the actor, would have gotten a Joe figure. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a big boat racing. That's guy. right. That would be his vehicle. Those are the three named actors, uh, the marquee actors, if you will. 
A quick thing about some of the producers. The casting was Ruben Cannon and yep. Associates, Cheryl Miller. So Ruben Cannon is interesting. Like uh, as a casting director, he co- his company or he or his company covered a lot of shows that I really liked. Uh, Roots, Greatest American Hero, Amen, Moonlighting, Who Framed Roger Rabbits. The more, most modern example I could find was The Boondocks. It was hard to find what Sh- Cheryl did a lot of uh, television, cartoon, casting, directing. I think G.I. Joe and Transformers were both in her canon. Did you have anything on that? Oh, I was just going to say uh, Ruben Cannon also did uh, Matlock, A-Team, Color Purple, mm. um, Greatest American Hero, and Hunter, a Mike Seibert favorite. But also when we, West and I were watching um, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Ruben Cannon was the casting director on that oh. one. Darn. Okay. Next up, named on screen, we see Buzz Dixon, who is the story consultant. He seems to be the Flint Dilly of this enterprise Mm -hmm. and deserves a lot of credit. Buzz was a writer of comics, films, cartoons. He worked on G.I. Joe, Transformers, Gem, Inhumanoids, or as I typoed it, Injuminoids. What what was going on last night? Alvin and the Chipmunks, Tiny Toons, Dungeons and Dragons. He was a story consultant on G.I. Joe the movie and My Little Pony the movie. Uh... Anything you'd like to say about Buzz Dixon before we move on? No, uh, like uh, I will have a lot to say about him whenever we start the movie proper because he does do a commentary track on the 2010 uh, DVD or Blu-ray of this movie, which, by the way, cover art real bad. I that. think it's the original cover art from right. the from the box. Yeah, there's some foreshortening issues. It's also just not very good. But yeah, I will cover that a little bit later. Yeah, basically all I wanted to mention, like you said, is that he is the Flint Dilly of this, where right. Ron Friedman, and he does mention this up top, he's very cordial about it, but he's like, Ron Friedman wrote a script, <laughs> and then we didn't do any of that. <laughs> So, and that brings us to Mr. Friedman himself, which by uh, some accounts, I mean, this, yes, this is another case of him writing an original script. He somehow finagled through having a good agent or something, a sole writer credit, mm-hmm. while, but others reworked the script intently. But Ron, Ron Friedman is listed as the writer, which reminds me, Ryan, or I mean, sorry, Caleb. Uh, you oh, no, I've never wrote been, a I've letter never. to. You've given Ron Friedman money. <laughs> I've given Ron Friedman thirty dollars, and and oh, in what? return for that thirty dollars, what were you supposed to get? Well, so hold on. Uh, so basically, what happened is, is I heard Ron Friedman interviewed, and he said that if you reach out to him with thirty bucks via <laughs> PayPal, uh, that he would send you a, uh, a the manuscript of his book that he's been working. Trying to I killed Optimus Prime, killed Optimus Prime. Or, yeah, forever, yeah. And so I sent an email via the APOD email and said, hey, I'd be interested in this, blah, blah, blah. Talked about our podcast. He replied. Bit. He replied and said, sure, just send it. Um, yeah, let's give me that third of yeah. <laughs> So I sent, I sent it, and I have not heard back since. <laughs> when did you, you said, so we are recording on January 20th. When did you send him money? Probably November, December? November-ish. Yeah. It, although but you I did say, say it's not clear. I need to re-listen to it. It's the Gilbert Godfrey interview. Mm-hmm. I need to listen, I need to listen to it again. I'm wondering if it's money that basically I'm contributing towards. That towards doesn't seem me. That doesn't seem legit. Like, but, he would do, yeah. Like, I mean, just basically sending, sending you money. a, a, a stack I've, of paper. I've sent a pop, I've sent a follow-up and I got no reply. <laughs> so I'm wondering if Rob, Ron Friedman. I know. I mean, the Nigerian it's, prince it's definitely, It's definitely Ron Friedman. I, 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 it wasn't a Nigerian prince kind of deal, except unless you consider Ron Well, a scam. I like that Ron Friedman is the Nigerian prince in this situation. Yeah, so Ron Friedman has 30 of my dollars. <laughs> I'm hoping that when you, Aaron, run into him at... Uh, 
the uh, TFCon oh, yeah. in LA. You want me to shake him down on your behalf? I would, yes. I'd really appreciate it. Just grab him and rough him <laughs> up. He is, a, a, for what it's worth, he is a great storyteller. He seems like an it's, amiable guy. Well, they and that's are, what, but his stories, I will say on the on the Gilbert Godfrey, his stories, I would not, I would call old school old Hollywood. School oh no! There and therefore, have you not listened to the interview? No. And when Aaron says old school Hollywood, that translates to rapey, uh, racist, and sexist. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Great. When great. You say old school, yeah. That's what that means. Like I don't remember him being overtly sexist, but I mean, it was like, like kind of like boys clubish right. sort of humor. So, uh, like, so sexist. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe he was this. Uh, maybe maybe Aaron I just need to walk to it all back. Yeah. All of that. It'd be like trying general. to make excuses for the Rat Pack or something like yeah. that. So that moves us on to executive producers, uh, Margaret Lesh, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, and Lee Gunther. They share a lot of credits together, Transformers the Movie, Muppet Babies, Gem, G.I. Joe, My Little Pony. Then super, we get on to supervising producer Jay Bacall, uh, and then also producer Joe Bacall and Tom Griffith, uh, Joe also known as Jules Bacall. Uh, they served as writers, directors, and producers in lots of the same series, Transform, you hear them those names come up when you're talking about transformers a lot gi joe robotics and humanoids um I, whenever we hear flint dilly speak i feel like he's always name dropping mm-hmm. the call brothers to one degree or another if you have anything about any of these i don't people, the, the uh, only thing i have is a pipe in. co-produced directed by don jerwich that's correct moving on to co-producer director don jerwich uh as a director there's not much out there no. for him most of his direction experience was in 24 episodes of spider-man and his amazing friends but he has lots of work as a producer lots of hannah barbera stuff super friends scooby-doo captain caveman and Richie the teen Rich. angels Oh, I didn't even That's the full don't title. leave them out. Don't leave them out of the discussion. Uh, Smurfs, Tom and Jerry, Yogi Bear, lots of episodes of GI Joe. He also worked in. Uh, like he v- seems very multifaceted. He so he was a producer on those shows, but he also worked in the animation, sound, and art departments. He has lots of uh, writing credits on these and on these shows. Yep. Also did uh, Richie Rich, who was one of my. It was my one of my favorite cartoons, and really? I am told. But what? That just is a random one to be your favorite. I really liked it as a kid, and I'm told by my parents I had an imaginary friend that I called Richie, which must be Richie Rich. And you don't remember? I have no memory of this. But, again, I wasn't 10, so. Now that Macaulay Culkin's back in the popular zeitgeist, he played Richie Rich. That's a great movie. And I had an imaginary friend named Macaulay. I don't think I ever saw it. Worth watching. Stream it. It's good. Really? It's good. I can't imagine. It's It's cute. It's cute. All right. Let me just check the Rotten Tomatoes on Richie Rich. Aaron doesn't watch anything that is a below like a, a 72%. Uh-huh. Well, it's got a... Uh, surely it's... And I got a fight to go... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you click on it, what do you, think, what do you think it is? 81. I, I bet it's in the 70s. You think it's in the 70s? 68. I, I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess... Uh, hold on. We are talking about the critics' consensus, not the audience consensus, right? right? So okay. it's also I, always no, dodgy I'm sure on it's old good, movies. But since you guys are kind of up there, I'm <laughs> going to go. I'm 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 trying to decide if I want to go high or low. You're going to go low, probably a bit. You know what? I'm going to for you. I'm going to go high. You said what? One hundred and ninety-one. You said what? Eighty-one. I'm going to go eighty-seven. Eighty-eighty-one, eighty-seven, sixty-eight. I'm just going to say in the seventies. Yeah. 
24! Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> if this were the prices right, we all went wow, over. Wow. <laughs> Even uh, the audience score is pathetic at 31%. Nice. Wow. <laughs> it had uh, some Richie Rich. got John Larroquette. Yeah, John Larroquette. I would watch it. I will watch it Look because at John Larroquette. He's like a bumbling <laughs> Daddy Warbucks I will, type character. This is I, our next project. I will watch I will watch this movie because John Larroquette's in it. I don't care how bad it is. There's all, to be fair, it's always skewed on older movies, and there's only it's 21 down movies. Or skewed up. It's just skewed because, like, how are you? Like, you're you're not reviewing a new movie that just come out. You're reviewing it through the lens of like this is a movie you've probably seen. Uh, Joe Joe Layden of Variety said it's decently crafted but oddly charmless. <laughs> okay, I like I like, that I, like Jeff, I like Jeff Andrews. Unendurable. <laughs> <laughs> so that covers the actors. That covers the producers. Hey, I think what we'd like to get into like now. It, that's important. Yeah, sorry, I, I I will never watch it. I don't need you to watch it. I'm definitely going to watch it. I've watched watching, it a couple times. I'm going to watch it with Ryan. Watch it with your children. Your kids would like it. Are they going to learn lessons? Sure. Yeah. Here's what you guys need to watch. Melody and I watched this the other day. Uh, uh, Roma on. Uh, I've a, heard it's oh, good on surely. Netflix. Yeah, it that. was you guys amazing. Seen Roma yet? I I remember actually. I remember Melody telling me about that this morning. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad you remember from <laughs> yeah. this morning. I remember some <laughs> something that happened a few hours ago. <laughs> you guys need to watch Roma. It was really good, and of course, uh, Ryan will roll his uh, his eyes. It's directed by and written and directed by. Uh, the the Alfonso Cuaron, if that's Why how you, you produce, pronounce his name. Don't even know who that is. Uh, he did Gravity, won Academy Award for Gravity, but of course also <laughs> yep, the eyes roll. Children no, of Men. <laughs> oh, my favorite movie, Children well, of I like, Men. I like both of those movies. It's just Why? that I bring them up all the time. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I was but, wondering to see if his eyes actually rolled in the <laughs> And they did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I'm a they terrible person. He couldn't even hold Definitely watch it. Okay, uh, listeners, watch 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 Roma You're, if you like art. You need to expect subtitles. Yeah, but I um, I actually prefer subtitles to what? <laughs> and I thought I was a snob. To, yeah. to English movies, <laughs> yeah. you prefer subtitles just to a movie in Spanish. <laughs> I do. I have taken I have taken to watching movies with subtitles on because, like, <clears throat> gener- I'm like. <laughs> I just find that sometimes I miss stuff. Yeah. I've got so much you. goddamn noise in my house for my kids <laughs> that I have the subtitles on just so I know what's being said. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys getting fitted for hearing aids anytime soon? Aaron will be. My so hearing is actually very, my hearing is actually really good, but uh, surprisingly, mine's okay considering that I play musician. music and I blast music into my ears. Do you yeah. wear earplugs? I need to start wearing earplugs. Oh, yeah. Get these. Uh, the, we bought them off Shark Tank Vibes. <laughs> Supposedly, they're the best earplugs okay. for honest not God. hurting the the the, uh, quality, the quality of the music. They honest, do muffle. Honest to God, I I need to wear protection when I play. Mm-hmm. I do have um, tinnitus. How? I've had it as long as I can remember. What is tinnitus? It's okay. ringing in the ears. That's that's what I'm worried about getting. It's it doesn't affect my hearing, and I don't notice it unless I really think about it. And also, I have a really weird version of it that very few people have, where it's like if it's quiet enough, I will start to hear music. That is like it sounds like music that's being played like three rooms away through a really bad speaker. Does that make you a subconscious composer? No, because it's always music I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like Miami Vice or no, uh, no Magnum wow. PI. The Magnum PI theme is in heavy rotation. Okay. Weird. It's very weird. You're a strange man. Best yeah, man. always have been. 
Always will be. Let's. Uh, this Where are we? So next, we're gonna get into, and I've got this pulled up here. We're gonna get into the GI Joe, the intro Yo, sequence. Joe, the in- an hour in, we can talk about the movie, <laughs> the, the intro sequence to GI Joe the movie. Now, um, uh, for those who listen to the Autopod Decepticast, this is gonna be kind of. Uh, Slightly similar format, but at a much higher pace, I guess, because we were... We're not doing minute by minute. <laughs> we're right. not doing minute by minute, but but um, we're going to give a shot, and maybe this will evolve at kind of the same process of sort of going through what we see on screen and commenting on it. So we are at the zero minute mark, and the very first thing that we see is, of course, the Sunbow Marvel uh, logos, and mm-hmm. then... I mean, we get right into the action. It it's like balls out. Yeah. So uh, I, go ahead. I'm putting my, all my headphones on. I'm I, I was just gonna shit. say up top, but uh, Dixon has uh, talks about this where this scene is tacked on. Like the, he didn't write this. It wasn't in the script. They did this after the movie, basically. It's like a producer's okay. decision. Yeah. I mean, essentially, and and you can tell there. Did no... somebody get it? Who got the credit on making it? Uh, I don't think anybody gets the credit for it. I'm not sure if anybody work went into it. Absolutely, because but yeah, like, but don't you ever do some shit at your work? You don't get any credit for it. Somebody else does. I take other. I take credit for other people. <laughs> I mean, I won't I'm say the movie would have sucked without this, but it definitely would have been poorer. I just made an yeah. entire PowerPoint presentation for the president of my company. I'm not getting shit for that. <laughs> I get, and I, I want to shout out to Caleb who made this thing <laughs> that's on the screen behind. I me. hope my president's listening to this somehow. Though. I do feel. I do. Oh. I do feel like Yo, this. Joe. <laughs> I do feel like this intro really kind of is the tide that lifts all boats. Where like it's so good that once you start the movie, you're like forgiving a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not far. I've only watched the first thirty minutes of the movie, and it's been years since I've actually watched the movie. So I don't know that the movie's bad yet. But it's not bad. It's just it's extremely nonsensical. <laughs> gotcha. So um, what we see. <laughs> Right off the bat, and this is going to be kind of we can, tough because so Melody, we consider some things out. nonsensical mm-hmm. as being not bad. Okay, okay. Right. There are plenty. Well, whatever. We don't have to litigate this right now. <laughs> Yo, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so the intro sequence this kicks off. We've got it's the shadow from the shadows of night emerges <laughs> a, a dusty kind of G.I. Joe logo. And from behind that logo, there's this bright, sparkling light that kind of twists and turns towards the viewer and reveals itself to be the red, white, and blue. That's right, baby. America. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it basically flies around and just slams into the side yeah. of the logo and explodes into this sparkly into display. We, spark. And we see it is the yeah. G.I. Joe logo, but it's... It's more magnificent than we've ever. Yeah. Did you ever notice seen that it. part? A real American and hero. And it says a real American <laughs> hero in a nice serifed font for mm-hmm. you graphic design dorks out there. The sparks fall towards the ground, they dissipate and reveal this uh, traditional kind of New York skyline. Focusing in on the Statue of Liberty, I assume it's like the Fourth of July, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I th- honestly, I think it's meant to be the rededication ceremony. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. For our for our younger listeners, the, the Statue of Liberty uh, went on uh, went under a renovation from 1984 to 1986. So I think this is meant to be when it's first yeah, reopened right. because there are TV cameras here. It got a, a big lot crowd. of press. The Statue of Liberty got a lot of press at that time because wow. it was getting renovated. So that's it. That's there was awesome actually that we a, can point to a day. There what was day a, is that? What day has this happened? Forgust. <laughs> okay, we, didn't, we didn't do that research. There was a there was a tele, made for tele, TV movie I remember watching, and LeVar Burton is one of the characters in it. It's about like 
but it was all about when the Statue of Liberty was built. Like okay. it's a movie. From, so yeah. The, anyway, that makes total sense. We'll go into. Good I, job, I, Ryan. I'll support it. I like. I it. did some reading. <laughs> um, so, so this is a. The title music is playing at this point, and the music is amazing. Oh, it's and, so good. And unlike Transformers, the movie, there aren't really any uh, kind of just licensed songs or songs made by, you know, rock bands that put into the movie. This is the only music credit, actually, hmm. uh, song credit at the end of the movie. And the song is just called Title Song. Oh! <laughs> and you give it a kick-ass it, name? It is a, but uh, it is a bombastic display it's of the best. synthesized drums and horns and scary lyrics. But the music just uh, to get this out of the way is by Ford Kinder and Spencer Michelin. They were music department guys. They did composing for G.I. Joe, My Little Pony, Visionary Transformers. So they were just the go-to dudes. But the lyricist is a guy named Barry Harmon. He's credited as the lyricist, but he was another, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades guy. He's a TV writer on shows dating back to Carol Burnett, the Jeffersons, all in the family. He also served in several music departments as a composer and lyricist. Oh. So, as opposed, this is, again, another, like, transition away from, like, as in Transformers movie, they had all these, uh, you know, major stars doing voices, and they had, like, basically, and it's been said that Transformers movie is just scenes in between music videos. Mm -hmm. This is just, like, music from the show. Uh, it is true. Aside from this opening yeah. sequence. Most of the music from the show I recognize from Transformers. Yes, <laughs> I have those like, notes, too. It's, uh, it, it's uh, recycled. But, so, my guess is, going back to our earlier conversation about you know if this would have made it to the theaters would transformers have ever made it i feel like they were putting their money into transformers i feel like though. it seems that way i don't know what the more popular franchise was it's a good question but I don't know. uh what was more popular at the time gi joe transformers yeah, we'd have to do what i guess some research market? into sales <laughs> figures on you'd have that. To, and you'd have to you have to be careful about how you weigh that versus toy sales versus the television, the ratings. Sure, know, yeah, you got you, you got rate. I would, I, I would assume six. they would be they would uh, be reflective of each other. Maybe, I don't but know. Uh, I mean, I didn't collect a lot of GI Joes, but I watched the show. Also, GI Joes were a much cheaper thing to get sure. into. You because be careful what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kids could get into G.I. Joe. Oh, no, well, but I mean, should have been swimming in G.I. Joe. <laughs> oh, <Sorry>. Sick burn. <laughs> but well, there, to be fair, there were... <laughs> Meanwhile, Ryan's laying G.I. Joe's on top of Barbie dolls. I don't even know what kind of class he was in. Dirtbag. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I I, but but you could get any figure for whatever, probably like less than five, yeah, whatever the equivalent was, of five bucks was, at the yeah, time. There it, were value. I mean, obviously there are value Transformers and, figures, but there's a lot of and to be honest, and, and a good uh, just a quick reference to that. You know, the GI Joes were originally really tall figures mm -hmm. back in the '60s and early '70s, and then yeah, continued. twelve inches. Yes, and then <laughs> they um, they they made them smaller. For one reason, because they were kind of matching them off of the uh, Star Kenner, Wars, the Star Wars right, Kinner. Right. But also, the reason that the the, the other reason is um, they were making them smaller is because the the price of uh, petroleum went way up, mm -hmm. and so it was it was more expensive to make large right. toys. Gotcha. So I think Kinner probably also consciously made smaller action figure toys because it was. It was cheaper. Yeah, their bigger ticket items were the the, the vehicles. Right, right. So, oh, so it's a profit. It's deal. a profit <laughs> deal. <laughs> 
Uh, I love that movie. Let's do a minute by minute. The jerk. <laughs> How many have we committed to so far? Oh, a lot. Quite a bit. Okay, so um, doing this. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, by the way. The no, that was uh, no, the, jerk. the jerk. Oh God, there's sorry. another one out of that. I'll do that. I love that movie. Uh, that movie is a remake. I found out of a French film. Mm-hmm. I believe the camera pans up. Uh, we're, so we're at this ceremony. We've determined the rededication ceremony of the Statue of Liberty. The camera pans up to the sky, and we see emerging, coming towards us, a, a giant uh, ship of some sort. It's, like it's like a flying aircraft is carrier. It Nick Fury's, sort of thing. Uh, is it the? It kind of looks like that. What is that called? Yeah, the, heli- the helicarrier. Uh, thank you. It's Robert. like that. Um, but no, I looked Thanks. this up trying to find a name for this. This is not a vehicle that was ever produced. No. It's just for this Made sequence for this in the movie. Okay, the yeah. gotcha. I don't recall seeing it on the show. But so, uh, and out of this giant carrier, I mean, I want to say thousands. Oh, it's of, of many troops just people. Like, just fly out. We get we get a giant. Right we all we face. all get teabagged as the viewer <laughs> uh, by one <laughs> by one paratrooper. His legs are spread so, and I'm I'm sure that's proper technique. But it, it is, is well it's very it, humorous to watch it. Pause. Ryan, did you look into like? No, but I've parachuted. Like, when you open the canopy, your I legs fly up. I forget you've actually... I've jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. That's the most I... adventurous thing it's you've probably ever done. It was great. I think it would be cool if we all, just for... I, I've never, I'd love to oh. skydive. We should do it, though, in full, like, blue cobra <laughs> cobra <laughs> trooper gear. Yeah, yeah. We could I'll, all, I'll do it if we if that's how we We could jump it. out and hold up, like, a banner autopod decepticast. <laughs> yeah, to all the people that are looking at us doing that. <laughs> yeah, the three people that are yeah. also waiting for the plane yeah. so they can go up. We just need to put an autopod decepticast logo on our taints so that when our legs <laughs> fly up... Uh, the logo's exposed to yeah. whoever's beneath us. By the way, when you jump the first time, basically no. you're tied to the instructor. So it's Two a tans for one. It's a t- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's done. why you're here, baby. So, uh, so yeah, just uh, so many paratroopers. It's uncountable, it but they just keep coming. Here, and then also comes. behind the paratroopers, <laughs> we've got these. Uh, I looked it up. Where is it? The claws, the covert light aerial weapons. Those yeah. are what those kind of. Uh, yeah. Glider sort of. I thought Cobra machines al- are called. Cobra always had the most. <laughs> Sorry, we just got tea back. We got another bite of the, the apple. I always <laughs> found it interesting that, like GI Joe, it, at least early on, had standard military equipment: a tank, a dune buggy, a jet. Cobra is in, they're innovators. Cobra's technology was. Bananas. <laughs> well, who's G- investing in Cobra? G- who's, who, where's the money uh, coming it's from? Everything on Co- I think everything about Cobra was different. Sort of like in Star Trek, where the Federation has the lamest ships and everybody else yeah. has really awesome yeah, ships. That's a good point. Why does? Why is that? Um, I, I mean, they the the Joe like equipment became much different. Buzz Dixon, again, the the story consultant who has a commentary track on this, he did do five years in the army, and that is one of the reasons he says that like why he you know did the rewrite of the script because he says Ron Friedman's a good writer, but he. Not necessarily a military guy. Doesn't really understand how things work. And um, he does mention that most of the vehicles, both Joe and Cobra, would be completely useless in actual military conflict. <laughs> yeah, they don't make they don't make sense. No, they just look cool. Yeah, I mean, you've got those fine. pods, and there's no clear it's, idea how those even work. It's, but it's always interesting, though, that why I guess I guess it makes sense that the Cobra stuff is exotic. Yeah. Okay. That's a, sure. Guess. 
And um, if you think about it, most of the well, no, I guess GI Joe does have. I mean, everybody's American, but it reflects kind of the the ethnic and cultural diversity of America. But everybody from the GI Joe is kind of international. Like they're all they all kind of represent different mysterious international. They elements. all have individuality. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cobra is really good at branding. I mean, look at they got yep. the logo on the parachute yeah. and everything. You know, I mean, it, they, you, you know it's Cobra. That's right. And what's interesting is they have to be outsourcing that. Like not, that to, means, in addition to all these fighters, they've got a team of graphic designers and marketing people. Yeah. Like it's a business enterprise. Cobra's got a fucking hell of a street team. <laughs> That's right. Just handing out flyers. Yeah. Recruiting. No, I, I will say that there's a whole. There, you're right. There's a whole. Cobra's got a whole marketing department. That's probably all the time being like, you know, we gotta, we gotta print this. But they must not be very good because they're they're still having to use terror as a method as opposed to just television. What if they just instead of attacking the Statue of Liberty did a hot they, Super Bowl ad campaign? Cobra does. I mean, not to uh, Cobra does have a legit. Uh, they have a member of the the twins. Mm-hmm. They have like a corporate front. Do you remember that? Oh, is that right? So that's what I the twins' job that. is. They are the Cobra has business a le- people. Cobra has like a legitimate business front. That's I right. I forgot about that. It's been so long since I've watched I mean, if you look, I don't even really know what's going on. If you look at it in the view of like today's global terrorism, they're just like, you know, like like Osama bin Laden. Well, <laughs> well, it's tr- well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you've got certain billionaires who will fund it. And even, I guess, ISIS, like that money is coming from business enterprises. There's more. I have, I have more on that with some All of right. Bodes Dix, what he said was going to be, but that's in the movie proper. So okay, we'll continue. continue. Um, so really great animation. Lots of stuff going on here with the balloons and the, the fireworks. So the paratroopers are descending on the statue. Tourists are running, screaming. There's so much going on it, in that image. You might say there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, there, there a lot of work went into this. Wow. I mean, this sequence is maybe... Better than any animated sequence in Transformers, the movie. I, I mean, think there's probably. a lot of, ha- like, there's just a lot of stuff going on. The lighting is also, especially on the Statue of Liberty, is really good. That's it's kind, yeah, of, it's so kind of beautiful, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that felt so beautiful, tender. man. <laughs> um, so everything's descending. You've got, you basically have hang gliders. You've got these tiny red planes. You've got paratroopers. Everything's descending. It's madness. It's chaos. People are freaking out. I don't know what the objective is. A crimson guard. I had to Punches look up the camera. I had to look mm-hmm. up a he lot of names. He breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> a crimson guard punches our us in the face, but it really is the camera of a news crew that w- is filming the event. Donja. <laughs> um, we then see. Don I, I, oh. oh shit! I wonder if that was intentional. <laughs> I'm backing this up. Sorry, I... W-O-O-N-J. I think it was W-D-O-N-J. Don no, J. You got, if that's... Oh, w Don J that has is the uh, is that's the wow. news station that's that is filming that gets punched punched in the camera. W lens. Don J they that's, paid a lot of money for Don Johnson. So I, like, <laughs> they, listen, I'm only going to do this feature that's, if they sneak my name in in every possible opportunity. You watch, it's going to be etched in like the sides of mountains. <laughs> We're going to find his name everywhere. I hope so. <laughs> I really do. We're going to keep a lookout for Don Johnson that's references. Amazing. Tucked into every nook and cranny of this movie. 
movie. So after the camera gets punched out, we go to the sky and we see again. I had to look up all the names of these characters because I, other than like the main, GI Joe has a huge cast. It's a big roster, and also I just wasn't a huge GI Joe person. But this is uh, Major Blood, who was another mail-in character that you had to get. He was like he was he, he looks like a guy that was in Black Sabbath. He has, <laughs> he, does. he has a, he has the an English accent. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> Wait for it, listeners. So he's coming. He's swerving around on a hang glider, and he takes a laser to the back, which explodes. <laughs> and I presume he just falls hundreds. We never hear from him again. He falls no, hundreds I, of feet to the ground. I guess Blood he was dies. A prominent character. He just bit, yeah, he was like I. I you probably find later, but. He kind of talked like there was a lot of uh, British, was it Cockney? There's a lot of like there are yeah. working class British that mm-hmm. seemed to have joined up on Cobra. Mm-hmm. And I guess well, it, it was the government years, was ignoring it. It was Margaret Thatcher's it, yeah. 1980s, yeah, so in they Britain. were looking for every opportunity they could. But there was a lo- striking amount of working class British that were joining Cobra at the time. Hmm. So <laughs> at, this, at this point on screen, this is where uh, so uh, uh, GI Joe comes into the picture, and the GI Joe. Theme, we are one we, minute seven seconds in. We kind of reprise the GI yes. Joe theme music at this point, oh. and we see that the shot was fired by none other than Duke from yeah. the from the balcony of the torch of the Statue of Liberty. The smoke clears up. We we get a zoom zoom straight into his strong uh, cheekbones and jaw, <laughs> and uh, and and he and he screams, of course, the the, the perennial cry of Yo Joe, yeah. and then he. Uh, just takes off in a jet pack and we see that there's some do- half a dozen now, or two dozen perhaps from Joes lo- on the on there. From yep. a logistic <laughs> yeah. Is, is the question you're going to ask where the hell did they come from? No, I mean it doesn't matter. Like it's just a it's a fantasy opening sequence but yeah why yeah, they- I don't know if it is because part of me I was going to get to this at the end. Oh. But part of me wonders are we to believe that this happened right before the thing in the movie. So when the movie opens up and everybody's sick of Cobra Commander and throwing him under the bus, is it like due to this mission failing? That's, that that's my understanding. That works story wise. It's almost un- certainly not planned that way because this was not in the script. But that works. I mean, <laughs> we'll just go with it. Yeah. Well, we can talk about the merits of this mission well, at the end of the sequence. Sure. But, All right. So, but did you have more to say? No, I'll just save it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, my thought was, where the hell did these guys come from? But the gang is all here. They're all where they the, got Flint coming right at where us. Where the hell did any of these people come <laughs> from? Well, well, Cobra came from this giant ship in the well, sky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from wherever their secret yeah. headquarters Wait, is. Good job, Norad. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're paused yeah, at one, uh, one minute and sixteen minutes in. We're right at the front of the the Statue of Liberty's face, and we can see that immediately Joe is effective. They're blowing up some Cobra shit. Cobra guys oh. are flying all over the place. We see a um, uh, this is called a a BAT. Uh, a BAT. Thank you, Battle Bat- Android Trooper. Is yes, that what Bat- that stands for? GI yeah. Joe loves acronyms, and this is I thought of this. They're, they're basically an android, and this is like the ninja. Ninja Turtles thing where yeah, we get to kill things clan. without killing they, things. Once they introduced these androids, then it was all, like they could they could just shoot des- them all the fuck up. They were destroying <laughs> hundreds of these. There's literally a scene in the opening sequence where um, I think it's Scarlet who like goes in a circle and destroys yeah. a bunch, like they, all they, of them. They created a bad guy that it was okay to to kill because mm-hmm. they weren't human, and they would kill 
hundreds of these <laughs> yes yeah. yes you got to that's their their reason for i had this existing guy. is to die to either die. i had or my brother had this guy so we can see that this android trooper is firing from must be like the the top of the statue of liberty's head because we see yep. some joes coming in from each uh like i guess window for lack of a better phrase crown. in the crown and he gets just blown <laughs> the fuck up <laughs> immediately um we uh we see uh, some, some joes are flying around around sure there's a lot lots of laser fire more explosions of some of the flying apparatus we see i don't know what this vehicle is called this gi joe sort of hella hover vehicle but they're taking off from around the corner we see lots of uh, a shitload of joes oh you know their names i was gonna say you got the flamethrower one you got the australian stereotype you got the native american stereotype is that michael jackson (laughs) (laughs) and and michael jackson why could michael jackson ever be (laughs) he should have been he should have been he really should have been it doesn't make sense that he wasn't oh i see him now sorry so (laughs) these guys are coming at us and they are firing Right at our faces, yeah. a lot of in your face stuff. <laughs> it's a it's a dramatic, uh, dramatic uh, visual. And we also get his crotch coming right at us. <laughs> Some camel cr- toe there on. A lot of crotches coming at you at this opening sequence. So, listeners, I apologize. I'm going to try to learn the names, but it takes it's. We have to do extra research to learn the names of all this shit. Yeah. So if I just blow it off every now and again and say. The Asian one? Yeah. Forgive oh. me. Is this, is this the, the stereotypical? It'll Asian only one. be the non-whites I do this for. <laughs> no, no, I don't know the white people's names either. <laughs> I'll be, but like I said, the Australian stereotype. Mm-hmm. Is this the and auto? Look how deep his V is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, is this the auto yo Decepta Joe? No. What? So I'm, just, I'm just saying. This is the Autopod Decepticast. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> It's pretty good, actually. The auto Joe. Would it be yeah. called the? It, but it would Joe. be called the GI Pod Cobra Cast. I like to follow the same. I like the GI Pod Decepta Joe. That's pretty good. Okay, so we uh, go back to the sky. We see lots of serious fighting going on by this sky carrier thing. And uh, shall we go inside? Uh, I think we shall. We, let's do. And what we see is a, a scene that actually perplexes me <laughs> it's in a lot of ways. madness. Uh, but we see Destro. He's My giving man. Cobra Commander a bomb. It's set for five minutes. Uh, and, and, and with him, we see uh, the Baroness. We see Zamot and Tomax. Mm-hmm. They're the twins, baby. They're you you the have cor- something in common with the these corporate two heads. They're also the corporate I'm evil, heads. too. And <laughs> <laughs> you and Jennifer finish each other's... Sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so Destro hands Cobra Commander the this bomb, and Cobra Commander has a giant jetpack of his own uh, on his back, and he takes the bomb and he takes off, and here we go. <laughs> so uh, obviously, we probably all have problems with this, Ryan. Well, I don't have problems with it. It's awesome. <laughs> like until I started again, same way with Transformers the movie. Until I started watching this with a critical eye, never questioned it. But I'm like. Why the leader of Cobra is the one to deliver a bomb, and Buzz Dixon, sa- Buzz Dixon says this in his commentary too. Like, why not just shoot a rocket at the Statue of Liberty? It's not as right. dramatic, right? Exactly. But and I think Cobra is all about like doing the most. Yeah. Well, and certainly, even if you weren't just going to shoot a rocket at the Statue of Liberty, any of the one thousand troopers that are of a lower level on the hierarchy than Cobra Commander could could place that bomb. Or better yet, even to Destro or the twins. I say let the twins do it. If one of them fucks up and dies, you've got the other one. Mm-hmm. 
Or one of the Dreadnoughts. Who's to say that's even really Cobra Commander? Why aren't we using the androids to do this? Exactly. Excellent point. I will argue that that's not even really Cobra Commander. You don't know who it is. It could be a a double. He's behind There's a mask. (laughs) Wow, they got some conspiracy shit here. (laughs) Who's to say that Cobra Commander's even at this battle? You're right. Perhaps he's directing. And, And at this point... So is Serpentor the leader of the Decepticons, or he's, is he sort of a weird figurehead he like the is, royal family? He's the leader, thing? but he's just an idiot. I hate Serpentor so much. He's um, basically the Psycho Man. Basically, yeah. he's the Emperor, and like Cobra Commander Emperor. is like the military the commander, which is he, dumb because an Emperor would instance it would it would insinuate that you like have territory, like you mm-hmm. you have an empire. Mm-hmm. Eh, this guy doesn't have an empire. Ser- Serpentor <laughs> is. The United States president. He's Trump. Let's not go there. <laughs> oh, Sorry, guys. I mean, Cobra Commander, you could argue. I mean, they both have egos. I mean, whatever. We'll, we'll move on from that. Sorry, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. No, no. Podcast. no, no. Move on. No, we no, it's fine. So, uh, Cobra Commander, he, he flies the bomb by the time. It's in like the three-minute three range. By the time uh, he gets over to the Statue of Liberty, and we're right at the three-minute mark. As he places it, I assume this is the base of the Statue of Liberty. Yep. And then he just breaks the fuck out. All these lasers firing at him as he departs, which makes me think, like, that's careless on the Joe's part. I would assume any one of those would just everybody, set off the bomb. Everybody has poor aim in this movie. That's true. And actually, in G.I. Joe and in, in G.I. Joe is... Uh, poor aim. I, I was always a Transformers guy, and I, I like G.I. Joe fine, but I got defensive when people would say G.I. Joe as a child. When people say... Not today. But as a child, when people would say G.I. Joe... Uh, you know, it was a better show or whatever. I'd be like, you can't even see what's going on. All the lasers shooting. Yeah, <laughs> Which, but, there are a lot of lasers, yeah, though. But listen, they were smart enough that Cobra made sure that their lasers were one color. And That's Joe true. And made sure that theirs were another. I mean, so you know who was shooting at who. But, and this opening sequence in particular dials all that up to 11. I mm-hmm. mean, this is the most crazy version of that stereotype about G.I. Joe to begin with. I mean, it's it's just nuts. So, action continues. Uh, we see Gung Ho blast some kind of uh, f- one of these pod flying apparatuses, and he flies through the explosion, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we literally see Joe's fighting on the plaque of the, oh, wow. of the Statue of Liberty. We got Cobras fighting from the shoulder of the statue. We've got uh, explosions everywhere. Like, I mean... There's no way this statue makes it to this event, no matter what, Absolutely. whether that bomb goes off or it's not. It's only copper. Pockmarked. That's why she looks so worried. <laughs> <laughs> so in a very cool sequence here, we see Snake oh, yeah. Eyes fly on to one of these flight pods. He he somehow flips it 360 He's degrees vertically, and that dumps the guy out, and then he gets in it and flies off. Yeah, that is just it was awesome. pretty sweet. Snake Eyes is a badass. And if you blink, you miss it. And again, it's, that's another one of the toys that made us a uh, bit on G.I. Joe is like, they just made this character painted in black and like shipped him out there. Most popular character in yeah. the, the line. So then I had to look up this guy's name. We see, and this is probably the coolest sequence of the entire mm-hmm. opening sequence. This guy's name is Alpine. He swings in on a rope. No doubt, I'm guessing that that rope is hanging from the torch. He kicks a couple troopers off an armpit here. And um, 
Then fires his uh, grappling hook. And has his arms ripped out of the socket (laughs) as he is attached to a rocket-powered vehicle. And that, uh, by the way, that vehicle is called a fire bat. I did ultimately do the research on that, it appears. So he he, he grabs onto that, and then he sucks himself up towards the wing. He climbs onto the wing, climbs onto the cockpit. Then we see, like, kind of from right behind the pilot's view, him kind of crawling on the cockpit. He punches through the fucking (laughs) cockpit. Yeah, he does. (laughs) And then, so as he does that, uh, Snake Eyes makes an appearance and gives him the okay sign. But so he gets into this captured vehicle. Or and then, or actually, what happens oh, is, I'm sorry, he doesn't oh. get he doesn't get into it. He he fires his uh, uh, grappling hook over yeah. at Snake Eyes, and then just lets the fire bat fly down towards the water, and it hits one of these Cobra ships. Great explosion! And takes it out. And that Cobra ship, I believe, is a moray, is what that is called. So um, that's a moray. <laughs> Ooh, good job! <laughs> Thank you for no one. Another, another rat. That. Another Rat Pack reference. <laughs> mm. uh, the we go back up to the top of the Statue of Liberty at this point, and just in time to see Duke punch Cobra Commander in the face. Very fitting, mm-hmm. and uh, he knocks him off the statue. And as he falls, we see the light of a million lasers just <laughs> reflecting off of the face mask. He lands on one of these pods that is piloted by a, I believe. It is that trooper is called a viper, and uh, the co- then then we flash to the, the I don't know his name the cobra flamethrower guy is what I'm going to call him for now, <laughs> and then the Native American stereotype spirit shows up, uh, and uh, <laughs> the oh wait Chuck no hang Norris. on I backed up I back that's Chuck Norris oh yeah he looks like Chuck Norris the he? bad guy does look like Chuck Norris yeah. no I'm sorry it's Scarlet that appears yep. here at this point uh, who who does that bird belong to he gets attacked by a bird. Spirit. Is that Spirit's bird? Probably. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Supposition. Scarlet flies in on a uh, on a jetpack, jet punches him out. Good job. Gets him out of the game. This is kind of a goofy sequence. So now here's where the Spirit and then we have, uh, when Melody and I were watching this, she was like, is that Bruce Lee? But he might his flawless impression, he might, as, he might as well be. His his name is Quick, Quick Kick. Kick. Yeah. And uh, so they're punching out some bad guys. And then as as Bazooka, a character called Bazooka, and yep. he's called Bazooka because he carries the bazooka. A bazooka. He was a fun character because he was usually portrayed as kind of dumb. Oh, is and that he right? Just t- he just always had a... F- his uniform is just a, a helmet with a football jersey. <laughs> but they let I him. Do, but they let him have the most destructive individual. Yeah. I do like possible. how GI Joe in Special Forces, you get to be your thing. Like you yeah. get to let your freak flag fly. <laughs> yeah, Joe, yeah, and boy, howdy, yeah. <laughs> so he trips because a laser goes right by his foot. Oh, and, I love this part. And, and and when you watch it in slow mo, the cartoonishness of his face bonking up. <laughs> this is almost the like sludge with the eyeballs probably highlighted. We're at uh, two minutes twenty seconds. So that causes him to pull the trigger on his bazooka, which flies right by. (laughs) Uh, Fan favorite character, I'm sure, Shipwreck. I love Shipwreck so much. He he makes a very scared face, as he he should, because that rocket flies uh, right by his head. He ducks just in time for the rocket to knock the hat uh, off of his head. And uh, then there's a the... lot of happenstance of destroying the Cobra vehicles <laughs> here. Also, if your favorite character isn't shipwreck, like what are you even? Why, why do you even exist? He doesn't. He doesn't get enough representation in this movie. 
I, does he get any other than this opening There's sequence? There's a little I bit. One no, more. Okay. It's very, I haven't very watched little. it all yet. So that bazooka, that's a close call. I assume is that bazooka shot hit that ship? Is that yeah, what we're led to believe here? Yeah, I think that's the here? implication. Then you've got a fleet of ships <clears throat> that are going to get blown up by a sortie of G.I. Joe airliners called Conquest X-30s. So the forward swept wing. They fire a bunch of a bunch of rockets and they blow up a bunch of ships. And then we f- <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. What happens. And then, then we, we this is a cool sequence. We get a close up. This character's name is Hawk. He's up by the statue's chin. Please, General Hawk. Just blasting away with his yeah, machine gun. Crazy. One of the few times we see cartridges ejecting from a magazine. That's true. Then we've got Lady J. She's got a fucking spear. She throws it. Then we've got fan favorite again, Flint. Throwing off a bunch of dudes. Fan favorite roadblock. <laughs> I guess they're bringing in some of the everybody. The heavy hitters. The, the, a, the A team here. So he bonks a couple of uh, heads together. I don't remember this guy's name. Uh, Beachhead? Beachhead. Is Beachhead. And yeah. who's the other guy with him? I, Snow dude? It's not him? Snow Job, but I can't. It's not I Alpine. I can't remember his name. We'll have to do some research on that. Beachhead. I have a lot about Beachhead. So I've seen 30 episode. minutes. Yeah, I've seen 30 minutes in. I forgot. Beachhead's a dick. Oh yes, <laughs> he's not a pleasant. He's dangerously to be unstable. Yeah, he's got problems. Um, so we cut to Snake Eyes, then firing some shots here. I, I my notes I, I wrote here. Can we just call him Stank Eyes? <laughs> that doesn't even <laughs> make like, any sense. That's a Caleb style joke where it's just a funny uh, sequence of words. I don't know why you're pushing that over. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> then we cut back to Cobra Commander. He's on the pod. This is a weird, sequ- a weird like little screen? sequence here. Yeah, so he's on the pod. Explosions are reflecting in a steel mask. That's a pretty cool touch. Yep. We see Destro, the Baroness, the twins. They've decided to get out of the get the big flight machine and do take things on a, on the front lines. But Cobra Commander. This is- whole sequence was Duke grabbing the the bomb and flying like the way they animated this so dramatically like mm-hmm. it's really good like, yeah it looks awesome so you've got duke firing a rifle at something behind the viewer in his jetpack and because he's a hero a real american one he flies down to the bomb picks it up there's eight seconds left mm-hmm. he grabs it head skyward as fast as he fucking can it takes on screen i didn't time this but i'm sure it takes more than two seconds for him to reach up there but in bomb time uh <laughs> that's as much time as it takes because by the time he gets up to the cobra ship you've got six, six seconds. seconds left and we see it go down to five and four as he takes off and then you know an explosion rips through the ship. Which is here. a great explosion. It is. It's a lot of fun. I, I like it when you get kind of the pre-explosion, mm-hmm. and, and then the, yeah, the, and then the, the big the, one, the big explosion. It's like pre-cum. Very gorgeous. Yeah, exactly mm. like yeah. that. <laughs> we we hadn't gone there yet. I know. I very I felt wholesome really, episode I was, until now. I was now. waiting. I yeah. was I wasn't sure what to expect. <laughs> right. So, but. at this point, we see a lot of angles on uh, Cobra Commander. He's commanding everybody to <laughs> retreat. Cobra, retreat. I like the multi- retreat. I like the multi- I do too. It's do kind too. of neat. What you really end up having is you've got a head-on shot of Cobra Commander. Then you've got a shot kind of from the side. Then you've got the same head-on shot, but from a slightly uh, further away viewpoint. And then another shot from the side from the exact same viewpoint uh, of the previous one. I 
I think it matched certain video techniques at the time for fun. But it it, it is neat in the oh. it's from an editing standpoint. And Not so the most American thing ever. Duke yep. snags the flag, the American flag, lying on the ground, and he flies it to the tippy tippy top. I think technically of that flag should be destroyed. Lady Liberty. <laughs> That's right. I think by the rules, they fly to the top of the crown. He waves it in the air as all the GI Joe comrades join him in a celebration of victory. Yeah. No, no lives were lost. Except all those people that got shot down and fell to their deaths. Yeah, but certainly this those, is definitely those are all battle angels. This is well worn worn territory, <laughs> but this is definitely the most American opening. Like they just should have cut to a baseball game and apple pie. <laughs> I would argue the Statue of Liberty is even more American than those things. Yeah, she's French, you know. She's French. Uh, Bill Murray. She's naked under that toga, you know. <laughs> so that is the. Um, Yojo, <laughs> amazing! Nothing in this movie could possibly be better than that opening. Sequence. And it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> having, having but, hey, listeners, it's all downhill from but, here. <laughs> but some interesting things happen. Sure, that's true. That is true. So normally we do a little thing called script deviations, but this is a different movie. There's different <clears> dynamics <throat> to the script. I don't believe an original Friedman draft is available, as far as I know. And if you, if anybody has that, send it our way. But. Oh, that was what I was going to say. Yes, please. If any of you listeners have an access, have access to an original fri- Screedman scre- Fript, uh, please send it our way because I did look this up. I spent hours Googling the Ron Friedman first draft of this. Could not find it. The closest I could find is the one was sold at auction. Hmm. And there's a there's like a tease of like three pages of it, which is the outline and the first page of it. Um, and I'm gonna we're gonna get we'll get into that in the next episode because it's the episode proper. It has nothing to do with the intro. Um, I will say that the they kept the only thing they kept from the Ron Friedman script is um, Nemesis Enforcer. Everything else okay. is dumped. I heard. I heard. <laughs> wow. That. Uh, I heard Everything's that. And different? So the script that you have in front of you then is uh, a somewhat scrubbed version? Is it, is it All the final I have, version? I could not get the original script. All I have is an outline and the first page of, the, of Ron Freeman. I wish gotcha. you get the original. Well, uh, so of the script that you do have in front of you, that's available on DVD. any DVD copy. The two- How close is it or from what you can tell so far to what we see on screen? It's very close. It's okay. the, uh, the, the Buzz Dixon. Uh, he's done his pass on it. So it's very close to what we see on screen. So it's not worth reading but next episode i'll read you the outline in the first page of the of the opening okay. of the ron friedman i like script. it oh i'm on my my tippy toes absolutely edge of my sippy seat you guys can't see it but it's true <laughs> uh okay great well then i i guess we're done here you guys have any other melody did you have any notes do you want to talk about don johnson or other uh, nope. pedophiles anymore before <laughs> we close this can, thing out there's plenty there's gonna be plenty of opportunities to discuss that later okay <laughs> all right yeah. he said sleepily <laughs> so uh just wanted to take a time real quickly to thank all of those who have supported us on the APDC store. Thank you very much. Um, a reminder, we've got some artwork out there, a cup recruitment poster illustrated by none other than Mr. Ryan Jett for $15 plus shipping. And our pin series volume one is out there as well. Appreciate your patronage. Those proceeds will go to helping keep our web presence alive and just, you know, help pay for this little stupid hobby. So thank you. We're all still working. Uh, Aaron, well, Aaron and I, at least, are still working on some new stuff to go up in the store. It's uh, very slow going. 
That's true. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> there's, Sorry. A, there's a couple new posters in the works, and we're looking to figure out our T-shirt situation. And as far as that goes, then please continue to listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. iTunes users, please leave a review, all that fun stuff. Five stars, please. And then our social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at APODDCast. And visit our web presence at autopoddecepticast.com. Peep the shop. Check the merch. Ryan, are we going to put anything up there? There's probably a lot to put up there. There's plenty. Yeah, please go to the website. I'm going to put some fun stuff up. That This was a long, fun, like, rambly one where we got a bunch of a We bunch need to find some pictures of Sergeant Slaughter in Arab headdress. Yeah. I will also put the picture up of Caleb in his uh, Cobra Commander outfit. But not yeah. the one picture. Mm, only the one picture. <laughs> Please also fu- we'll put some pictures up of Don Johnson and his boat racing with Kurt Russell. <laughs> and if we can get a picture of uh, of I Chuck Norris in the mix, I have a picture of all three of them together. Oh, nice, nice. It's a, was it a friendly competition? Yeah, I mean, they, it was. They were cool. Chuck Norris. <laughs> they were cool. It was an official competition. Yeah, I mean, they were. It wasn't like it wasn't to the death or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fair enough. They are movie stars. They they're going to be all right. <laughs> it's not like uh, Vince Neil and Nicolas Cage fist fighting in front of. I want to say it's the Luxor or something like that. Have you guys seen that no. video? Oh. That's worth looking up. I don't know. A a couple of years ago, somebody that was in a car driving down the Las Vegas Strip caught a video or created a video, and it's Nick Cage and Vince Neil of the lead singer of Motley Crue. This fighting? Fighting. On the streets of Las Vegas, Holy on the Strip. If I remember correctly, supposedly they're good friends in real life, but who knows what they got into an altercation what about. Did, but they were kicked out of the casino they were yeah. in, and they just continued to <laughs> literally physically fight out yeah. on the Strip. You know and I, it's captured you know, on video for all of us I was driving see. by and saw that, you know what I would have said? Yo, Joe. Yo, Joe. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs>